Hi, I'm Tori, the best host over at the Red Leaf Retrocast Anime Edition, your best location to learn and relive the past to the present. And you can find our cast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcasting sites. Also, don't forget to support your favorite host and all his crazy ideas. I mean me. And now, on to the cast. And welcome to episode 53 of the Redleaf Retrocast. I'm your host, JD. This is the anime cast titled Night on the Galactic Railroad and Spring Reviews 2019. Yes, our agenda here, we got our manga Manwa Checkout featuring Real, a manga from 1999. We got 10 shows to review from the spring 2019 season and we're viewing Night on the Galactic Railroad. We're joined by a special guest. Yata, fellow anime radical and host of his own podcast. Who are you? What are you about? And welcome. I am Yata from the Reanimator podcast, and I am also a radical. I decided to come here today to add a little bit more international flavor to this already international cocktail we have going on here. So the question is, are you from Asia? We're not, uh, we're, we seem to be lacking on that con- side of the continent world. <laughs> I am from Ireland, but I'm currently sitting oh, in a lame. apartment. Well, I'm sitting in an apartment <laughs> in Asia, if that's any consolation. Close that enough. is fine. <laughs> it's like close, Well, we're but not joined quite. also by a fellow Mexican, Hickey. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. Had some trouble with some wood yesterday, but no, it's just everything is fine. You the older get that you get, by a doctor. Yeah. Say the older you get, not, the worse that, that gets. Not that kind of wood. I had to carve <laughs> and sand some actual wood because I fucked mm. up and took some wrong measurements. Uh, yeah. Well, you nice. gotta you gotta measure by the the base of the shaft first, always. You know. Yeah. Centimeters true. makes it seems like it's bigger. I mean, I don't need to. Doesn't really matter when you have seventeen centimeters of. Ah, well, okay. Right you you are. (laughs) For me, it doesn't really matter the the scale I'm using. (laughs) Tori, how you doing all the way from the Norway? I'm doing good. I had a barbecue yesterday for the first time in two years. That was nice. Ah. Yeah. Last year. We didn't get to do one last year because my government banned barbecuing last year because of fire hazards. What? I know, right? Uh, because it That's was random. So, That's awfully specific. <laughs> because it's uh, when it's summer, it can get really dry, and uh, uh-huh. there's a danger of stuff catching on fire. So they just decided, you know what would be really cool if we just ban all kinds of uh, barbecuing because you know open flame dangerous. Don't do that. Just Norway <laughs> government just bans fire. <laughs> like, oh <laughs> yeah, they would do that in a heartbeat if they could. No, it's it's dumb. So, but at least they didn't do it this year. So we were just like, quick, start up the barbecue before they fucking issue a, <laughs> issue a ban again. <laughs> uh. I guess propane sales are going to go way down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Propane sales, uh, fucking grills. One-time usage grills especially have crashed. So, wow. Uh, yeah. I guess you'll all be moving to the George Foreman grill. <laughs> okay. No? You, do you not know what that is? 
Move on. Oh, come on. I thought I was onto something with that. <laughs> Yata, you know what a George Foreman grill is, right? I am aware of its existence. I do not own okay. one, but I wish I did. You see, Tori, the George Foreman grill, the grease falls right off the side. It is a lean, mean grilling machine, I do believe. See? Yata knows what we're, what, what, we're, what it's all about. I've seen the infomercials. I'm aware of its existence. Existence. <laughs> Why are we My not moving on? on? <laughs> because it's the George Foreman grill and every household needs one. <laughs> no. I have like, fucking, we have like three fucking grills. We don't need more. Well, you have to get rid of them before the government comes and finds your ass. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yato, we kind of skipped over you for other other things. Uh, so you're from Ireland. You live in Asia. You're part of the Reanimator podcast and the Anime Radicals. How, how did you... Uh, how did you tell us a little bit about your podcast. How did you come to, to be it? And... Um, um, how you came into the anime radicals? Uh, oh, that's let me. This is a saga as old as time itself, I guess. We started out as a Magic the Gathering podcast, never took off the ground because I don't know. It was just it wasn't happening. Decided to pivot into anime about two years ago before release, and we are approaching our second anniversary. We do weekly podcasts. They tend to come out on Mondays unless I've shirked my responsibilities, and then they come out on Tuesday. Mm, um, I, I think we're pretty like. good. I think we're pretty good. You know, my mom thinks so anyway. Uh, I saw her for the first time today in two years. So, you know, oh, she, wow. said it, she said it sounded professional. So I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, when you have no other compliments, at least you can say the audio sounds good, right? Uh, we te- mm, uh, well, of course. Yes. Everyone sure. prides themselves on good audio. Yes, sure. of course. This is a bit of a new experience for me uh, going back in the way, way back machines and, you know, uncovering some old anime because we tend to do a little bit more current stuff i think we've only dipped Mm -hmm. into the 80s once with the bubblegum crisis and it was fun so i'm happy to return there with uh, night of the galactic or night on the galactic railroad i keep on wanting to say legend of the galactic heroes and it's definitely (laughs) not that close (laughs) Um, enough yeah i i joined the radicals uh, a little bit before you guys so i guess i have seniority uh brains approached me uh, at some point when they were workshopping the network sounded fun sounded like it was going to be really active and exciting neither of which it is but uh hopefully when everyone gets their shit together um it's going to be a you know, there's going to be a lot more podcasts coming out in the near future i enjoy working with all of those guys i actually really enjoy all of the podcasts uh there's a lot to keep up with but um yeah it's been a lot of fun so far um hopefully this is the first time we've actually got to do anything together but hopefully in the future we'll get to recover we'll get to compare some anime or do some retro reviews on the Radicals Network together. Other than that, yes. I, yeah. Other than that, I throw out a few YouTube videos very infrequently. The channel is Reanimator Yada. If anyone at all is interested in checking it out, I would be eternally grateful. And if you guys want to check out the podcast, it's uh, Reanimator Pod, which is a terrible name. I know we're working at changing it because nobody knows how to spell it. But it's re- oh, <laughs> I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> I, but, I, I yeah, spell, it, spelling is a worldwide. Uh, uh, difficulty apparently. Well, gotta make sure to account for the misspellings as well. That's how you get. That's, well, that's you the get problem. Them. That's where they got. Oh, that's where we uh, fucked up. We went for a misspelling. We were like, we thought it was so clever. Reanimator, because re at the time was quite a popular thing with ReZero and ReLife, and we thought mm-hmm. that would continue forever. Uh, it turns out it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so no we re- restart. I'm, I'm so <laughs> retry <shocked> right now. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, keep, keep, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mistake, so we're looking at correcting that in the near future for our second birthday, which is like a month away. 
Looking forward to it. Oh, congratulations on the second Annie. The Terrible 2 is coming up. So hopefully, uh, you know, it's only good times ahead. I think we're, ba- we're past that difficult first stage. Uh, you know, those first six months when you're just shouting into the abyss and no one ever talks back to you. People <laughs> have started engaging with us. It's, it's amazing. People start criticizing our shitty opinions on anime and our shallow wow. takes on certain stuff. It's good, though. It's good, though. We can just fob it off and blame it on the other guys. I'm sure. I'm JD glad everyone agrees with me all the time, especially that one guy from way yeah. back. I haven't yeah. heard from him again. I'm a bit upset. <laughs> you, you should stop listening to the voices inside of your head. It's not normal. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent banter. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh... So, I got back from Vegas, bowled horribly, probably the worst I've done in a tournament in a very long time. Uh, and now I'm going on a, I'm scheduled to go on a business trip to North Carolina for work. And uh, Mario Maker has been my life over the past uh, couple weeks. What have you guys been up to? Besides uh, illegally barbecuing in your country, Tori. <laughs> hey, it's not illegal yet. It is barely legal. <laughs> exactly. You Good know, enough. You should... You should... You should get this opportunity and start a wildfire. Whoa. Hey, I don't I do you understand what that would mean? Do you understand yes, what do you understand the fucking consequence? I'm not just talking about yes, legal I'm ramifications. A I'm talking about how that would affect not just people or me. There yes. is fucking woods all around. I am a lawyer. Everywhere. I know what that would happen. If I set a wildfire if I set a wildfire, my country would burn down. I thought that <laughs> I know we- I thought Norwegians only burned down churches anyway. That's right. <laughs> That's the only thing we do. They keep, for some reason, they don't want us okay. to do that. I don't understand. Okay. <laughs> you went a little bit far there. <laughs> what do you mean? It's part of history. And burning yeah, your I, whole I, country is not part of your history? It, 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 that goes back even further. That's, that's too old. Burning oh, churches okay. is a little bit more recent. All right. <laughs> I was indulging in a black metal documentary and for some reason the church burnings in Norway and the rest of Scandinavia seem to be a really oh. integral part of that genre. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, black metal documentaries are great though. Getting to hear them yeah. from the people of like uh, Gaul, uh, Valgvikanes, fucking Dead, the guy who famously killed himself. Excuse dead, the blood. The guy who killed himself. Yeah, he considered himself a dead man walking, and then one day he was just like, you know what? It's time to end it. So he did. And then his bandmates, they fo- and then his bandmates found him, and they found his suicide letter, and it was just like, uh, like excuse the blood. So they did, did the only natural thing one would do. Excuse the blood. Yeah, they, they did the <laughs> only natural thing one it. would do. They took, they took uh, fragments of his skull and made necklaces, and then they took a picture of his body, and they made it uh, their uh, album cover for for a bootleg album. Oh, God. As one does. <laughs> as one does. It's, it's very yeah. Viking-esque 2019. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, I'm not lie. my mind went to that as well. As soon as he said that he found the body, I was assuming, you know, skull necklaces and edgy art covers. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, all they're missing the is the next step, sacrifice. Right? <laughs> oh, they do that all the time. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> I guess with a name okay. like that, though, you kind of have to live up to it, right? Like, you're yeah, naming yourself right. dead. Yep. Well, we got a, a whole hell of a lot to talk about here, so let's just uh, let's just get going uh, right away. Uh, I'm going to not play a drop right now because it's not ready. 
just Hickey, just take us straight into our manga manhwa checkout. Tell the view, tell the new listeners if there are any, and inform Yato what it's about. New listeners, got me, JD. We get new listeners all the time, Hickey. You shut up. I mean, nice. I need to believe you. You're the only one looking the statistics. <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll I'll screenshot them later to you if you, if you so want them. I, I heard that before. <laughs> Never got the screenshot. Anyway, uh, all right, yeah. fine. You you do this, and I'll screenshot them right now. This is a segment where me and JD we will highlight a manga, manga, or webtoon, whatever that we've seen uh, interesting. And this one is a manga I been wanting to read for a long time but i'm i'm just i don't know i'm just way too bored <laughs> to to actually pick up something to read and it's a manga called rio uh it is a manga by takehito inoue the same guy who wrote slam dunk it was released in 1999 and it has right now 14 volumes a summary jd got from anime planet says uh, Tomomi is a high school dropout who was tragically responsible for crippling a beautiful girl he had just met oh I love that manga <clears throat> Kyoharu is an extract store whose bone cancer confined him to a wheelchair as a child and Takahashi is a new handicap due to an accident on his bike stripping him as captain of a basketball team and his status of a alpha male and his of his gang of friends. Oh wow! Each of these young men shares something in common: their love for basketball. Though society may look down on them, these new friends will come to terms with themselves and their situations, as they show their love of the game. So, JD, starting with you, how? What did you think about this one? So I didn't have a whole hell of a lot of time, uh, but I did make sure I read the first volume because uh, I was very curious. Uh, Inoue, Inoue uh, has done Slam Dunk and Vagabond, two uh, other two mangas I've been heavily interested in starting, uh, or at least Slam Dunk the anime, Vagabond uh, the manga. Um, I was very interested also that it came out in 1999 and the fact that it's still ongoing, I'm, I'm very Wondering why that is, and obviously, uh, I think it's because Vagabond is also very popular, <laughs> so he's got to he's got to kind of allocate his time appropriately. Um, I'm a basketball player myself. I still uh, occasionally do leagues. I've I've really stopped over the last year and a half because, as I discovered um, when I turned 29, my ankles are very crippled from playing basketball my entire life. Oh, I feel um, you there, dude. I'm in the exact same boat, and I blame basketball yeah. as well. Well, I, I made the team in college as a walk-on, and I completely blew it out before I even got to play into my second game. So that was awesome. Uh, and then when I turned 29, um, I took a charge call and went for a loose ball, and the six foot seven Canadian fucking took my ass out and almost ripped my shoulder apart. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's time I probably step back from this and stick to bowling where it's a lot less uh, taxing on the body. And I can ah, just, just get in a wheelchair. You, you can do it. Ah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So <laughs> this was, I was not expecting this to be a, uh, a wheelchair basketball anime. 
or at least heading in that direction. Uh, very different from my understanding of what Slam Dunk is. So he took kind of his same... Or, not orientation, uh, origin of his slam dunk characters where they're kind of rambunctious, uh, uh, misguided youths, you might say, and yep, yep. finding finding uh, the commonplace in basketball and their, and their drive for it. So uh, I found that very interesting. I can definitely relate. I, I know all the references. It's, fu- it's funny reading this and getting all the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, top basketball player references whether it's jason kidd vince carter <laughs> kobe bryant that's why this main character has the uh the little the little fro going on is because he's like i'm looking for the kobe look so <laughs> yeah but no one recognizes and he just looks like a delinquent <laughs> yeah 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 uh yeah, I, I did like the joke he goes well what happened to your jason kidd look everyone just thought i looked like a monk yeah uh, okay <laughs> but i'm not really into the main main character yet the guy who's going for the kobe look i don't really understand his whole motivations um behind his delinquent crippled ism. a fucking woman <laughs> no 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 that's not what i'm that's not what i'm referencing it's his overall just i i, I understand his his uh his crippling depression and taking responsibility for crippling the girl. And kind of, I, I understand that direction. What I don't understand is why he acts the way he does in school. I get, I got the impression that he's always been that way. He's always been, um, the misguided youth in school and basketball was like his whole reason for being there. And as soon as he lost, he lost his reason to play for the team he still acts that way at school and to the point where he even dropped out. Not, so not quite, not quite. You see like uh, later, they, they kind of explain it. He had like okay. a, an anger outburst and just beat everyone in the team. You know, that was like the fall. I saw that part. I just thought he always acted that way. And then no, he, just he wasn't like that because like when, when you, when you get to the first part, like the first few uh, chapters, He's in school and he's a, he's already a dropout, so he just goes there and beat up some people, <laughs> very randomly. Okay, uh, uh, I guess that no, wasn't like, exactly uh, clear to me. Something happened and he had an outburst. Uh, that was the fallout. He beat up some people, go, uh, dropped out. Then he met the girl and had the bike accident. Yeah, now he's uh, now he's got PTSD of it all. He can't even get on a road anymore, <laughs> which yeah. It always make it's always it's always a good try. Look, a tragic story is very enticing to read and see how that pans out, how it affects the character's mentality. Deep characters, I'm very much into. I just, I guess I just missed the whole school delinquent thing. Uh, but I did, I, I did, I do like how how the um, the other character we meet. Who does he have the bone cancer or does no he yeah, the other the, kid the, the the guy who who's already on the on the wheelchair, he had like he was a a sprinter, and okay. he had like bone cancer. And it's it's very sad. I won't say anything, but like the his story, he they they showed it, and it is quite sad. You know, he he went to I think the national championship, and he was running at the national championship as he he bone just became just dust, and he had like to yeah, they had to cut it off and. You know, depression and things like that that comes when when you lose a leg. No, I, everyone loses a limb at some point in their life. But right, I think right? the other guy, the Takahashi <laughs> guy, which is the he's the basketball team captain. Yeah, the asshole. 
Yeah, his his side was like just depression. He even tries to kill himself by getting on a wheelchair and throwing himself out of a out of the building. I expected something like that from happen. So Takashi or Takahashi, he um he is, he basically ostracized a lot of people on the basketball team. Anyone who was related to uh, Tomo, uh, Tomomi, um, our fro guy, he just basically kicked them all off or found ways to uh, destroy them mentally so they wouldn't be on the basketball team anymore. So he would have complete control over it. He is an asshole to all the women that like him because I guess that's what... Well, okay, my own experience, that's what women do in high school. Uh, and then... He steals a bike and then gets into a bike accident or a, a car accident with the the car hits him and then he with truck gun yeah with truck yeah tr- truck again to make another isekai protagonist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was like, okay, so now he's gonna be crippled and he's gonna pan out into the story and join this wheelchair basketball team. So it's a very interesting premise. I definitely can't say I've I've read or came across anything like this. Uh, have have Tori uh, Yata? Have you? heard anything like this before uh, i've known not. about real I've, <laughs> I've known about real for a while uh i've been meaning to read it as well i was actually going to read it uh for this cast mm-hmm. but i actually kind of just completely forgot about it oh <laughs> totally. when i saw when i saw it on the uh, on the agenda i was like oh shit right i, I was gonna read that uh yeah not nah, uh, i don't know like uh the only real uh the only real experience i have with takiko in a way is vagabond which I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of, uh, mostly because of I think it's way more. I think it's way too slow for what it is. But uh, it looks good. It's really good. So hopefully, real is a little bit more, not fast paced necessarily, but a little bit less just walking around aimlessly. <laughs> yes, vagabond. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know, but it, it gets really boring after a while when you're just like, so now what? Well, I murdered some people. Cool. We're going to walk around here. Okay. Cool. Chapter end. Uh huh. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> Yato, how about yourself? Oh, I'm I not much of a manga reader, honestly. I anything that I do read is tends to be towards the racier side, and I shouldn't really be reading it, or at least ah. not, not acknowledging the fact that I read it on a podcast and with my girlfriend in the room right now. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say I don't know much about it. The premise sounds interesting. I love pretty much anything basketball related, and having that twist on it with the 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 wheelchair basketball or murder ball. I think it was referred to in some documentaries I saw on this sport. It looks like a lot of fun. Like I I would check it out if I was you know anyway inclined to be reading manga, but I it's just not something that's for me. I'm more of a anime watcher, and that's where it kind of ends. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. I'm the same. I mean, have rather... you seen Slam Dunk? The uh, I watched Slam Dunk. It's pretty popular here in Taiwan. A lot of guys are, uh, would, you know, would um, would play would play basketball in Slam Dunk shirts or Karukano basket shirts, and it runs on TV on anime uh, on Animax here, which is a an anime network. Hmm. Pretty much, yeah. I think like three or four cool. times a week. So I watch it mostly in Chinese. Just use it to practice my Chinese. Um, so I, a lot of it goes over my head. Karukano basket is my Kind of go-to basketball anime, though. <laughs> Kurokono Space Jam. <laughs> I want those superpowers. <laughs> One time, I want that. You know that. 
awesome like a Manu Ginobili style pass in a basketball game and it never happens all, all that happens to me is my ankles get shot to shit but one day <laughs> <laughs> well I really like the I like the art style I like I like the way in a way uh, uh, does his hash marking and uh, very distinct looking characters everyone looks uh, different from each other uh, I do like the pace of this it, it doesn't mess around it doesn't mess about. It's it's very quick to uh, set the uh, give you the good setting and and where everything's heading. You can get a feel for it. Uh, it pans out very. You know, it's a good pace, uh, Tori. So I'm very happy with that. Yeah, and I, and I I found it very interesting how it's all it's very empowering to uh, the people that become that are handicapped in this. I I, I like how. Tomomi, uh, because uh, Kiyoharu is better than him at basketball, <laughs> he, he refers to the wheelchair as his machine legs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Where, at the beginning, like, when he's they're, they're going to play and he's like, uh, uh, he, he's standing up, Kiyoharu just beats him up. He's like, it's not fair. And then he, he uses a wheelchair as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you have those machine legs. I got to have mine. And then, and then he um, he takes the girl off her wheelchair. And he goes, we're switching. And he goes, why? And he goes, well, this wheelchair sucks. Yours is awesome. You're better than me. You get the shitty wheelchair. This this is how it becomes as even as possible. I was like, ah, oh, okay. That 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 works. It's, it's kind of like if you're playing a game of horse and... Uh, you have more. You're the better ball player, so you'll start with basically all the letters. So you just have to miss once. You know, you're you're just you're just making it even ground, kind of in in a certain way. But he refers to the machine legs, and then he compares it to Allen Iverson's crossover, or um, what was the other one? Uh, I think it was. Oh, it was uh, it was it was Shaq's body, Allen Iverson's crossover, and then he's got his he's got his wheelchair. So. Uh, he just he just utilizes his skill. That's his special skill is the wheelchair. And then we get introduced to a like six foot four dude in a wheelchair, and he's just he's 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 been in Australia, and uh, the first volume doesn't really go much into him other than he's even better. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this whole hodgepodge wheelchair team and where Tomomi comes into play. Does he learn how to play in a wheelchair? I imagine he will. <laughs> so uh it's it's an interesting read i like the pace uh, i look forward to reading more yeah definitely all right so now i have the uh the drops ready <laughs> so we can yes we can get into our uh anime reviews from spring hooray Huzzah! Woo! Mm. come on energy boys energy are you new to anime do you have hard-hitting questions? Well, what do you think happens when you mix war and anime together? It is funny, right? Because he is just fucking... Like, he is the guy that you wonder how he, how he managed to get into the military. Because, I mean, you don't know anything about him, really. Don't ask, just don't tell, like, Tori. Duh. Yep. He just kind of <laughs> walks up to people and slaps them on the ass and then go, Hey. <laughs> hey, good game. <laughs> good war, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't you do something and go out there and risk my life? Nah. <laughs> uh, you expect me to? You expect me to fight this war and slap someone's ass? I don't think so. <laughs> I'll take care of everyone when they come back, real good. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nah. 
Well, I guess you can find humor just about anywhere. You are listening to the Redleaf Retrocast, found on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the podcast is located on all your favorite outlets, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. And now, back to the show. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Okay. Spring 2019 anime reviews. Nice and quick, uh, we have ten to go through uh, that all ended, at least, in the spring 2019. Uh, Tori's got three, Heki's got three, I got three, Yata's got two, and then we have uh, one special one that I'm sure the wide audience also likes. So, Tori, why don't you, hit it, uh, why don't you start us off? All right. So, the first anime I'm going to be talking about from uh, spring was the uh, short anime called Isekai Quartet. Because, yes, I did, in fact, watch that. It's by Studio Puyukai and directed by Minoru uh, Ashina. And uh, the synopsis is just real quickly. A mysterious switch appeared one day. Upon pressing it, they were sent to a different alternative world. There are also characters from other alternative worlds gathered together. So basically, this is a uh, parody anime combining Overlord, uh, Konosuba, uh, Saga of Tanya the Evil, and uh, ReZero. So, some of the more popular... Uh, Isekai anime, and it's generally just them gathered in a classroom and then taking the piss out of Isekai in general and these respective series as they fit them together. So, nothing really much to say. Short gag. It's gonna get a second season, so curious to see what new new Isekai will be in that one, and uh, yeah. It was fun. If you like these shows, preferably all of them, uh, well, because, you know, you, you, you should know all of them if you want to get anything out of it. If you don't know any of these series, you're really not going to get anything here. <laughs> yeah, it, it, really so, yeah felt but, like, it really felt like in-joke, the anime. Oh, yeah. It, <laughs> is, <laughs> it, it is entirely in-joke. Not even just in respects to the uh, to the anime. There are fucking in-jokes that you would only get from the fucking light novels. <laughs> there are... Uh, so, yeah. But, nah, it's it's a fun ride. I enjoyed it. Okay. Or you, you... What would Kenyu Reeves do when he see Yu Yun sitting there? It's a dumb joke. <laughs> dumb video, just remember. Yeah, uh, very fun, very fun anime. Can't wait for the the second season and see who is joining the the isekai of isekai wounds. <laughs> the threads are long for that one. I've seen so many people speculating on what the next, like the seven chairs are going to be filled by. Yeah, and it's I been mean, like I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it literally. The most like you just need to go to the publisher and see which series they published. <laughs> so I guess you can rule out a bunch of things. I think unfortunately I don't remember it. who it is. I know it's <laughs> a, a Kadokawa related publisher. Yeah. I think Shield yeah. Hero is is the one that's getting a lot of people are speculating on Shield uh, Hero. That is the one that a lot of people are hoping for. Yes, because it is the new kid on the block. But I mean, I guess we'll see. Right? Obviously, it's going to be more popular series. It's not. So, Jade, I'm sorry, but I don't think Dumbine is going to make it in. Oh, uh, just oh, fell short. It's, yeah, it's like, it, it's just a, it's just like maybe like a year too old. Like kind of just outside the, the target range. Damn. <laughs> Might have been uh, interested in it then. God, if it's smartphone <laughs> makes in. Oh, my God. I would, it would actually be funny, though, if Dumbine actually did make it in. <laughs> Just random just, fairies yeah. busting about the classroom. <laughs> just like, yo, bitch, daddy's here. <laughs> <laughs> Who I brought the would... mech? What kind of Visakai is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be the grandpa. Step. 
Hickey, you're up. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's start with the first one. That that's there. And it is Tatanoyusha no Nariagari. Look, the the one for the next season of Isekai Court. It's gonna. Is it going to change names, by the way? Because you know it's Isekai Quartered because there were four Isekai, but now there there will be more. Will it just change the name anyway? Uh, or the rising of the shoot hero? Uh, basically, I won't read the synopsis. I, I honestly don't think I need it. Uh, we we follow a guy called Iwatani Naofumi, and he was just. Isekai! <laughs> he was transferred to another world to fight as a hero. And he's the shoot hero, meaning he doesn't have any kind of special offensive abilities. He's a defensive uh, folks, folks at hero. And he was summoned with another three heroes. The spear hero, the sword hero, and the, the arc hero. But they are all retarded. Basically, he gets <laughs> betrayed by the country. And then he, you have this story of redemption and uh, revenge, as well with a subplot of saving this world that he actually hates because everyone betrays him. Uh, that goes until episode twenty twenty, yeah, until episode twenty, and then on episode twenty five, we uh, twenty to twenty five, we are introduced to the second arc, uh, where we see only the the, the beginning. Uh, with other heroes appearing and saying we need to kill you guys so we can save our own world. Uh, just a little fight that was cut it off a lot. Some uh, different things happening in the end of the anime compared to the light novel and manga. But that's about it. <laughs> I, I love mean, how it's like they didn't even fucking come there to kill everyone. They just literally just came there to kill. No, for me, they didn't yeah. give a shit about the others. Oh my god, they, the <laughs> the other three heroes are as useless as Aqua. Oh Holy yeah, shit! Like, oh my god, it it's so dumb. I guess because they they are the isekai characters basically, and uh, now for me, isn't he always say that like. They're treating this like a game and they are overpowered where uh, he's like, we need to train, we need to, you know, learn how to communicate and other things. Those guys are not doing that. They're just open uh, command windows and doing special abilities. So I just just a little kick from the, the Sekai Jirana. Yeah, I mean, it was fun until the end. Of course, a lot of people have problem with it. Uh, because it's slow, sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it is painfully normal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I liked it until the end. Of course, I, I, I already knew the story, uh, because I, I've, I've been reading the light novel. But yeah, yeah. really good. It has, a, it has an 8.18 on my animal list. Uh, that is too high. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I like... I, I like yeah, Shield Hero. It's a fun show. Uh, but the problem with it is kind of, like you said, it's the ending, right? I like the I like the hero being betrayed by everyone. Nobody wants to believe him and he kind of, you know, breaks down a little bit and does some questionable shit and then eventually tries to kind of, I was about to say, fight for his own right. He, he doesn't really ever do that. He kind of just eventually gets it handed to him, which is a little bit disappointing, but uh, his redemption uh, gets kind of handed to him. 
but it is what it is. Uh, but then it's like the second part after that, like you said, Hickey, it's that's where it, in my opinion, kind of falls through because we stop, we get into this point where it's like we start to finally realize just how useless these other heroes are because literally, they're so far they have not even appeared to be stronger than the people they're they're trying to protect. They look more capable of defending themselves than these heroes do. So that's a problem. Uh, other than that, it's like this general the general tone has changed in which it's gone from nobody or everybody being wrong about this one guy to basically be, uh, being now for me is always right and everyone else is a retard. Which I, which I don't is like. actually true. Like, I know, but I don't that. I don't like <laughs> this type of story. True. It's like yeah, no, that is so I, I pointless. Agree like <laughs> if if you remember when, when we talked off podcast, I I always said, especially when JD was still watching the show, I was like, Yeah, it is it is painfully normal. I dropped that you shit have so fast. Uh, you have the tropes, like you, you have the, the raccoon girl, uh, Raftalia, which everyone is crazy about. You have the lolly character, uh, but every single one has its own spin on it. Mm. That ends with the revenge story. After that, especially like you said, you, you, you need to stay with the other heroes who are just retorted. <laughs> like, they are so fucking useless. Can we just appreciate the fact that one of them literally kicked one of their one of the fucking uh, people out of their party because they outshone they outshone them in the fucking uh, final fight there? Like, oh yeah, how yeah. fucking? Oh my god! Well, <laughs> like, it, it gets worse because, like, in, in the light novel, she's very uh, shy, so she goes around with wearing like kigurumis. <laughs> so it, it is very it, it is kind of dumb. It is kind of when. Of course, that did, wasn't show yet. But in Konosuba, Konosuba, between volume 8 and volume 12, it hits a, such a low phase when it was just the, the author doing what he wanted to do and listening to the fans. So it is just shitty. With There's a, a, a whole volume of Konosuba, I think it's, it's volume 11, of 500 <laughs> pages of Kazuma just trying to get a little sister, a little sister character to it, and then you have the princess, and you know, I think it's just like that. It is the lowest part of <laughs> of Shield Hero, uh, right after, you know, that uh, the the revenge story ends. Mm. But yeah, aside that, it, it is still a fun show, and they they finish it. I think for okay, you know, giving. Now for me, some land so he can make his own country where he can be always right. <laughs> yeah. The show lost me really early with um, everything that made it interesting at the beginning just went away too quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it just, and then it just, as you said, normalized from there. And I was like, okay, all the reasons why I was watching it. The the hot spring episode definitely just put me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Yate? Did you like it? Uh, Have you watched we, it? We are, we are obliged, because of a reviewer, to review this later on in the year. So rather than uh-huh. subject myself to watching it twice, I decided to just skip it for the season oh, and watch it later on. You. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything I've heard has been well, overwhelmingly meh. And you guys, have kind of, you guys have reinforced that for me. So I'm really excited to hop into this one. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> I mean, it is fun. It's still fun. Uh, yeah, it's not the worst. It's like, 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 like everything in this season. It is painfully normal. It's not smartphone. 
Uh, yeah. No. You know what, Tori? I mean, you're absolutely right. Look, <laughs> once you've seen hell, everything is good. Everything <laughs> is great. I've watched so many shit in my life that everything is a masterpiece. Of course, I don't put a bunch of tens in my anime list, but still. Next one, JD. Go. All right. So, technically, uh, JoJo Part 5, Golden Wind, still has two episodes left. It's been uh, delayed. Is that correct, Tori? Yeah, they have going to release them both in the same week, so they decided okay. to just say, fuck it. Anyways, uh, no matter what happens in the last two episodes, my, my opinion of the anime won't change. Um, it's JoJo. I've seen four series before it, so I imagine good guy wins. And even if bad guy wins, that's okay, too. So, uh, JoJo Part 5, Golden Wind, uh, follows Giorno Giovanna. He's, uh, he lives in Naples and is the son of Dio. But the show never really goes into that at all. Um, mm, mm, mm. He's technically not the son of Dio. Technically. That's fine. Yeah. Uh... Basically, when he was young, he was oppressed, and uh, one day he sa- he's saved by a gang member uh, called uh, Bucciarati. So there's a lot of Italian names in this. It takes place in Italy, so it makes sense. Uh, foreshadowing up- later on. Yeah. <laughs> so he ends up he ends up joining this gang, and you you meet the uh, you meet the group that's around uh, Bucciarati. Um, one one member kind of disappears very fairly early. In the show, uh, he doesn't die. He just he just kind of he can't join them on their little journey. Uh, the whole the whole goal is to find the boss of the mob that they're a part of and uh, take him out to clean up the streets of Italy, more or less. He's a, he's a big mafia boss. Uh, no one's no one knows who he is, where he comes from, what his origin is. So that's the that's the journey, and uh, very much like. Uh, the journey of, of um, not Diamond is Unbreakable. The uh, the 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 uh, Stardust Crusaders, much like the journey of Stardust Crusaders to to uh, Egypt to take out Dio, they as as they fight various um, enemies and duos that Dio sends their way. In this way, it's the mafia boss sending guys and duos their way to stop them on their journey. So it's the exact same premise uh, for this one, and it what it lacks to me is it's just the journey to to get to point B from point A. Yeah, they 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 slowly find a clue. They get a, they get they end up um, acquiring, I guess, uh, the supposed daughter of the mafia boss, and that's their clue. But it's very it's it's a very small clue uh and she just kind of stands there the whole time their whole objective is to protect her uh and as as the series uh gets to the end as you find out who this who this mafia boss is it's very strange it's very jojo-esque you might say and the story just lacks what i really liked about the very first jojo series is you had the origin story of the character you had their motivations, uh, and then you had their. You still had your point A to point B moments, but it was it was just a better story overall. And even in Stardust Crusaders, I thought there was more to the story, right? 
Jojo Part 5 just lacks that fleshed-out story. It's just, here's the Mafia boss. You get a little background on each of the five characters, but it's not much. I was really hoping for more. You would find out more about Giorno Giovanna. It's it's definitely setting up for more uh, upon him and how it's going to tie into characters of the past. Uh, overall, it's just more, more or less an action show. It's very okay. I definitely like it a lot more than Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, that was part four. So, that... yeah. Uh, overall, it's okay. I think I think it's definitely one of the weaker JoJo shows I've ever seen, but it's not the worst. That is where you and me disagree completely. I actually really dislike Part 5. I think it is by far the worst show they've ever released. I'm not parts. giving it high praise by any means. No, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm Wait, way more... I am way one? more neg- Worse I than Part 1. Oh, no, I, 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 I really dislike Part 5. I think Part 5 has been kind of a mess the entire time. It's... Not, it was okay at first, but it's, I, I've just, I've completely given up on the story. The characters It lacks are, depth. It the, lacks depth. The characters are atrocious. I, I can't stand any of them. I really don't like, and I, it's, the more and more I see it, the more it's starting to bother me. Uh, Araki's way of dealing with potential problems down the line, like just being like, oh, well, we have a character here whose standability is kind of dangerous. Um... Yeah, we're gonna get rid of him. That's yeah, gonna, he just disappears gonna... from the story. At, uh, yeah, because show he can, him later they, walk in the streets because they can't fucking bring him. He would ruin everything. <laughs> it's like fucking he. A lot of shit could be solved oh, if he was there, but nah, yeah. fuck that guy. He needs to go. He's too strong. <laughs> yeah, Google with and, purple haze. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, yeah, you know. I mean, he has his own his own side story, so. You can check it out after he, yeah. he goes away. There's a there's a side story of what he does. Yeah, I'm not yeah. even interested. He's just way too broke. <laughs> of course he is. No, but like, but that's kind of like it's always bothered me with his style style of writing, and it's just it bothers me even more in part five because there is so much shit that I feel like he could solve. Like I feel like the answer, the fucking the writing's on the wall. The answer's right there, but it's just like, hmm. How can we go about this in the most roundabout, nonsensical way possible? Because, hey, you know, it's JoJo's bizarre adventure. It's bizarre. <laughs> uh, no. But I, I I, really don't like Part 5. It's... <laughs> ugh. Like, I fucking... I'm not big on Part 1 either, but at least Part 1, it's, it's short and it serves its purpose. But Part 5 is just... Nah. So, n- not high praise at all from JoJo Part 5. I find it entertaining, but it's definitely lacking in many, many aspects, uh, which isn't very acceptable. <laughs> uh, Yata, how much of JoJo have you seen before? I'm back in the 1850s, I'm afraid. I never got past okay. Season 1. No. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> Just too much of an inferiority complex looking at all those muscle band men. And then, you know, catching a glimpse of myself in the mirror or something like that. And just like, can't do oh, it. Oh, no, you don't worry. Do they slim down. Part five, they all <laughs> slim down. So, like, doesn't doesn't matter. <laughs> it's all about that leaner look now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're still muscular shit, all fabulous, but, you know. like Italians do. <laughs> They're still mus- muscular, sh- muscular shit, though. And kind of gay. Even more gay. <laughs> even more gay. <laughs> I mean... Mm. I guess you could put it that way, yeah. Or you like, could just you say even more Italian. That. 
How how would they deny? Look, have you seen JoJo? There's no denial. That's that's my point. I did expect an episode where they go to Milan at one point and they go shopping for clothes, but that never happened. Yeah, you never no, noticed. Still, two more episodes. Yeah, two more to go. Clothing. They don't need to buy more. Yeah, two more to go. Maybe I'll get my Milan shopping episode. Instead of killing Diablo, they're like, actually, let's go to Milan. Yeah. Yeah. Diablo. Diablo. Killing with our fashion sense. Hot and spicy. All right. So that's JoJo. I, I think I'm probably going to give it like a six or something at the end of it. It's just fine. It's not high praise. Unfortunately, um, I had expectations going into the show. It didn't meet them. So, boo. <laughs> All right, Yata. Well, speaking of not meeting meeting expectations and high expectations going into it and boos, I'm talking about season two of One Punch Man. The synopsis from my anime list is pretty thorough, so I'll just give it to you really quickly. The second season of One Punch Man. That was it. Nice. Um, I I love that synopsis. Short and sweet. (laughs) (laughs) So this was the difficult second album, I guess, for One Punch Man. They obviously changed over to Studio JC staff, and a lot of people were, I would say, rightly concerned about that. They also got a new director for the season, um... What was the dude's name? Uh, Chikara Sakurai. And yeah, I think... Yeah, Sakurai. Everyone's, everyone's heard what the problems are. The animation was pretty poor. The characterization was weak. And overall, it was a pretty overwhelming disappointment. Now, I think if you take it in isolation outside of season one and you just judge it for what it was, I don't think it's necessarily terrible. I was relatively entertained the whole way through. Uh, the things that I found were most egregious about it were just the lack of any truly memorable fights or battle se- battle sequences. And I know it's like a one-punch thing and they tend to be brief, but even with that mechanic set in place at the beginning, there were still very entertaining battles during season one. Like the Boros fight at the end of season one I thought was phenomenal. Just visually, mm-hmm. it was up there with the best of um, Mob Psycho. I always just compare the two of them because they're both from from uh, the same creator. Um. This season, there was none of that. And even the Tier 2 characters, where you can kind of go more traditionally shonen with their battles. You know, like, Janos, he's a perfect shonen protagonist in a lot of ways. And you can have these more even-sided battles with an OP villain. And they can just be mm. great. Like, the, the Mezzelgall fight, again, at the end of Season 1 was phenomenal. This time around, like, the highlights, uh, I guess you could say the Metal Bat fight against Garo, that was um, fine. Like, I was pretty... I was engaged, but I wasn't... It never felt essential, and it never felt like edgier feet, edgier seat stuff, or anything that you would ever return to. Um, yeah, the whole thing was just a bit of a, of a wet fart, really. Like it was fine. I think uh, Hickey summed it pretty well when he was talking about the season in general. Everything was kind of middling to fine, and I thought this was a perfect, painfully uh, normal. Yeah, painfully normal, and this was painfully normal. Honestly, like yeah, it didn't look. I mean, there's, there's there's stuff that looks way worse than this out there, but there's also stuff that looks way way better. Like I just could not stop yeah, thinking of I, mean, Mob, I just could not stop thinking of um, Mob Psycho season two and how amazing yeah. that was. And but, then you're looking like, at this. Uh, Mob Psycho you know? got all the love. Let's let's be real. <laughs> Mob Psycho got got uh, was handled by Bones, so it's okay. Like one person, the biggest problem, like or one of the biggest problems with One Punch Man season two is obviously the fact that you can't help like a lot of people. Well, I know they will say, you know, just don't, don't, just don't compare it to season one. But like, you kind of have to, right? Like, you can't look at season one of One Punch Man and look at season two of One Punch Man and be like, yeah, this was fine. 
This I is okay. Like, that, that, that in itself is a big disappointment with One Punch Man Season 2. Sure, it's not the worst looking show, but <laughs> the contrast is huge. So it's... I I like One Punch Man Season 2 still for, like, I, I like the story behind Garo. I think he's... Like, I think it's interesting seeing the different perspective. The guy was outside of... The guy was outside of, you know, the hero thing. Like, in the sense that he was not the popular kid. He was being bullied. And uh, people didn't like him. So, therefore, he was always attributed as the monster. As the guy who has to be beat up. And he was also blamed as whenever something happened. The guy who did wrong because he just... He wasn't in with the right people. He wasn't a cool kid. He wasn't a popular kid. And therefore, he was essentially treated the same as a monster and as a villain. And he's it was very relatable. He was yeah. he, he was somehow a relatable character. Yeah, yeah. and I like that yeah. part of it. Yeah. And that, again, this, shows yeah. the strong writing of of one. Yeah, but well, that was the, definitely the, the package part it comes in. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think leaning into Garo was like the best decision they made. You just as much time with him as possible because like Saitama felt like such an afterthought in the whole series, and I'm actually totally fine with that because. Um, I do find the world that they pre- that is presented in the series to be pretty interesting, and I'm happy to know more about all the other characters. And you know, like, yeah. oh, give me more um, the husky dog. What's his name? Watchdog man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. all of them. You know, I'm no, happy but... to see those guys. And then that was actually one of my biggest hair pulling moments in the whole series. Actually, uh, I see this little dog or this man in a dog's costume, and I'm very curious to see how he fights. <laughs> and it, the episode ends. I think it was episode seven or eight. The episode ends with uh, Garo approaching him, and we're like, here we go, shit's about to go down. And then we cut to next week, and we see Garo has defeated him. And yeah. we saw a few stills. No, he got the shit kicked out of him. Well, he, yeah. yeah, but he did defeat yeah, he did, Watchdog yeah. Man. You know, he was worse for wear, and he got bitch kicked out later on by Saitama, but we never really we saw no, some I thought stills he said, of No, I thought he said he escaped. Oh, I thought he defeated him. Yeah. Uh, it was no. something like that. He was like, I've never seen someone fighting like that, and the guy's just like... Making tricks, <laughs> making dog tricks. Yeah, like, okay. he, well, he, learned, he, he learned have... from him, which he used in a later fight. Yeah. But he didn't. He didn't actually defeat him. But he got yeah. away. I would have. Uh, I would have loved to see that though, right? Because like, all we got was these like, still I... images of Watchdog Man swirling around and looking fabulous. Yeah, it, but you know we could have seen that. Yeah. Um, also, we like, but, you know, that would require the... them animating it. <laughs> but that's it, right? It was. It was the same thing. We had this um, Akuma figure. This uh, de- the previous winner in the tournament arc. At the end of it, he shows up. Mm-hmm. He drops some bodies, and he looks like quite an interesting villain. Like you know, he's going to get one punched. But it would have been nice to see that, as opposed to a head kind of torpedoing through the sky and just falling at the feet of um, the martial artist in the tournaments. Like everything was just. Yeah, well, th- you know they could have. That's that's yeah. one's fault. <laughs> yeah, he he did that, but that again, I kind of like you said. That's kind of the point, right? You said uh, One Punch Man feels like more of an afterthought. That's because he kind of is. He is the he is the selling point of it, and he's what drags people into it. But he's not. He's not the main idea because one knows that One Punch Man and Saitama. It's not that interesting of a character. There's only so much you can do with a guy who can defeat anything in one punch. You can't. You can't mess with that formula, right? Yeah. It's, it's not like he, he's limited in what he can do, so he has to rely on everybody mm-hmm. else to carry it. But that's why it's like stuff like that. Sure, he looks like an interesting villain, but obviously the punchline is still that Saitama kicks his ass, like <laughs> like it's no like it's no problem. And you don't yeah. really need to see that. You already know that he kicks his ass. I know. Right? It's like I feel the like... moment Saitama goes after yeah. him, you already know. It's like, oh yeah, that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's one of those things that where like even though the result is predetermined and you know what's going to happen, it can still look great. And no, I agree. You're kind of there for this. Like a lot of times in like season one, you're just there for the Sakuga, right? And you're like, just let me see this 
guy knocks a monster the fuck out in a very cool way. <laughs> and, you know, like, it's a one, it's a one note trick, but sometimes it, you like, I think you can just lean into it a little bit more because we only got that happened really once at the end of the season and it was cool looking. And, you know, we all knew it was going to happen, but it was still, there was some still an element of gratification yeah. seeing it happen. Um, I think the issue, I don't know what I can bring this to you guys and pitch it to you, but uh, do you think one of the issues with uh, Saitama as a character is the fact that he's a little bit shallow? And if he was a little bit more like emo as a character, it might feel more interesting. He would have, might have more longevity. As in, if you, because you know he's so bored, and we get it. He, he says it to King in episode 10. But if you just had, if you felt like he was, you know, struggling with that boredom a little bit more, and he was just a little bit more emo and a little bit more in his own feelings, it could go on a little bit longer. Because I was, I was thinking of like he's a Superman uh, character, or I was thinking that movie Megamind. I don't know if you ever guys, you guys have seen the movie Megamind, where uh, there's a very Saitama esque character in that movie, and he gets so bored with life that he ends up retreating from society, fakes his own death, and goes into hiding because he's just so fucking bored. But with Saitama, I could never believe that. Well, I mean, the guy's so I don't fucking think, shallow. I don't think that would uh, that would be good for Saitama because he's way too self-aware of his. He's bored, yeah, right? But that's what I mean. So he's he like, was just a little bit he's more not emo. depressed. He's just yeah. bored. And then, you know, you, you still have King saying, look, being the strongest is not your end goal. Like, being the strongest doesn't make you a hero. happy. It's, yeah. it's just like, yeah, just because you were the strongest doesn't mean you're a hero. So there's many things you can do. You can you need to stop looking at life like it's over. You, you reached the end goal. No, the end goal is way too far away from you. Uh, of course, he he says I I took that away from them, from manga, <laughs> but uh, <Dang's> right. <laughs> I think it's it's a One Punch Man is a problematic series, not much because of the main character, but because of one. One has way too many uh, problems with his personal life, and I think the second season, this is story with Garo and everything. He was having like some kind of problem. I don't remember if, if it was depression or something. And he decided like to stop drawing and go to work in a 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah. It was something like that. He was struggling with something. And the the if the author is bored <laughs> to death, you know, he's he was still drawing, but he was bored. He wasn't feeling well. So he decided to stop drawing and go work in a convenience store. You know, I don't think the problem is within the character, but within whoever is writing it, right? Because he, Saitama, at that point, with what King is saying to him, it is basically what one would want to be hearing from someone, right? So I guess it, it's a little bit uh, deeper than just fixing the character. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I don't even think, like, I don't think you fix Saitama. I think Saitama does this thing. Like, again, what one is really good? One is shown, and uh, I, again, I want to use Bob Psycho as, as the example, because he's shown what he can do with characters. He is good at developing characters, which is kind of funny when you think of Saitama, right? Because he's very shallow, very one-dimensional. Uh, but that's kind of, that again, that's kind of the point. That was the idea that he sold uh, so One Punch Man and kind of like what you said, Hickey, the idea that like he is he is bored. He doesn't really know what he didn't really know what he wanted. He didn't even know if he wanted to be a mangaka. To be honest, that's kind of why he just stopped and then decided to come back because it's like I I don't really care. And then he got an opportunity to have the his manga redrawn and uh, everything. And now all of a sudden he is a mangaka and uh, even 
gets forced even more to draw One Punch Man, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. But I like I like one's I like one's writing. I like the way he goes about it. Uh, I I agree. I don't think I don't think One Punch Man has that much longevity in it, which is why it's kind of a shame that I think that it's going to get milked until he it is just dead. Like there's nothing mm. more more to do, and people stop caring, and then it's like, yeah, now you can end it. But for now, like I'm fine with where One Punch Man is. I think it's I think he still has ability to draw interesting st- stuff up because he has a he still has a pretty huge collection of characters that he can build on. That is not Saitama because he can't build on Saitama. <laughs> well, my feeling on season two here is solely based on where I think the show's heading. Because as Yata said, it's it's entertaining. I was engaged. Was I f- as fully as engaged as the first season? No. Uh, and it did lack a lot of One Punch Man himself, Saitama. Uh, I thought the show got a lot stronger when it started focusing more on Garo uh, and his little origin story, uh, what his motivations are. Uh, we were able to see some pretty decent fight scenes. Uh, make it, it just because of what season one was. Uh, it just made you think, man, <laughs> I wish this looked like the other one. Uh, and I thought the cutaway fights, I was taking it as it's it's building towards the second half of where this is heading. That's what I'm assuming to be uh, the, the little group Saitama's kind of surrounded himself with and uh, taking on the little monster society, right? And you're going to have the top heroes going first. You might show... I, I'm expecting you're going to see... Uh, what, what was his name? Dog Watcher? Dog Watchman? Watchdog Man. <laughs> Watchdog Best Man. Best boy. <laughs> Watchdog Man and those other guys, uh, with the exception of Mecha Dude, uh, take on the monsters. You will see a, a few of them fight and kind of struggle. And then Saitama's group will will head in and save the day, and it's still going to focus on Garo and and his role he's going to play within the Monster Society. Um, so you might not even see Saitama's group show up until maybe part three of this of this arc we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on how it all plays out, I could look at this season and see those seeds being planted much better. But because everything seems to be Cut it, cut, it's being cut away to leave that mystery uh, foreshadowing of where things to go. It's it's hard for me to gauge how I should how I should grade this season. Um, in itself, I was just entertained. I wasn't fully engaged. Uh, it was a, a we, it was a nice week to week show, but I wasn't like clamoring to see it every week. If you know what I mean. Mm. It just it was miss it was missing too much, especially from what season one gave us with the fight, the fight scenes, uh, the, the ultimate climax at the end. Uh, th- this was lacking in a lot of that. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's fine, but I wasn't impressed. Yeah. I mean, but it, it like, it is a downgrade in, in many ways. I mean, just, you can just compare like the fucking opening episodes. Remember the opening episodes of season one of, uh, one punch man, that goddamn dream fight. that <laughs> Saitama has with these super powerful fucking underground people. Oh, right. that thing! Look, that thing would look good. And they cut the fucking episode one of one of uh, One Punch Man season two. Eh. Yeah, it's a cold. It's it's like a cold <laughs> open. It's just yeah. here you go. 
Let's get this thing going. <laughs> it's like, fuck it. I remember sitting watching what episode one and one punch man. I was just like, dude, what the hell? This yeah, is it, awesome. It, 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 fe- <laughs> it felt like this, this season just took, took too long to get going. Mm. And then by the time you, you, it, it, you got into it and where it's heading, you know, the show's over. Like, ah, shit. Yeah. I, I, again, it's a problem. Right? Because here's the problem. It got one perspective. Do got pushed to JC staff because the original staff was unavailable. They're working on other stuff, and they wanted it out. That so that that obviously that obviously makes a problem for production. But the other problem is the fact that the arc that you're talking about is still is currently going. It's not even done. They don't even have a full arc to show. So it's like what? What was the point of this? Oh well. <laughs> We money, 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 can money, can money, we say money. none of us hate the show, but we're I don't hate it, but I'm very show. disappointed. <laughs> okay, there we go. There's the answer. <laughs> On an optimistic note, though, and my uh, disappointment is immeasurable, yeah. and my day is ruined. Exactly. One moment, uh, one note of optimism. Yeah, no, I mean, it, which, it's just way too normal. Also, everyone is so blown away by how the downgrade worked that no one. Focus on the the flash highlights, <laughs> uh, <laughs> chef style. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, like, at the beginning was like, oh, my God, did you see what they did with Saitama's head? It looks like the shoulder of Kambaru in Monogatari <laughs> series, you know? No yeah. one talked about it during the season. Well, you did, Hickey. Did I? Yeah, just no. now. <laughs> the season is over, JD. Time to move on. He stopped okay. with that jokes. I would say, though, between Sirui, King, and Genos, um, Saitama's putting together a nice little reverse harem. So interested <laughs> to see where that goes in the future. <laughs> that is true. You're not, you're not, you're not wrong with that. I mean, he he has Fubuki there, so like, that's enough. That's good. That's good enough. It's a trap. <laughs> a, a big. But don't give him ideas, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tori. What's your next one? About it anyway. <laughs> All right. So yeah, the next show I'm going to be talking about is uh, Boogie Pop Wa Wara Wara Night 2019, or Boogie Pop Never Laughs. Uh, this was an 18-episode series produced by Madhouse and directed by Shingo Natsume. It's Boogie Pops. Wow! It's Director Boogie of Pops. Season 1 of One Punch Man. That's where they all went, right? <laughs> Did you, uh, have you seen the original Boogie Pop? I have not seen the original, and uh, okay. now I never will. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, the synopsis, uh, synopsis real quick here is... Hushed exchanges among the female student populace of Shinyo Academy center around an enigmatic supernatural entity. This entity is Boogie Pop, a Shinigami who is rumored to murder people at the height of their beauty before their allure wanes. Few know of his true nature. A guardian who, between periods of the dormancy, manifests as the alter ego of a high school girl named Toka Miyashita to fend off the enemies of the world. Now a string of mysterious disappearances, presumed to be uh, presumed by the school to be merely runaways, has caused Boogie Pop to, ava- uh, to awaken. But somewhere in the academy, a menacing creature hides, waiting for its opportune uh, opportune moment to strike. So yeah, um, Boogie Pop is obviously something that I've heard people talk about for a while. It's relatively popular, and you know. It's popularity makes kind of sense when you know that uh, it's even uh, inspired people like uh, wow I'm drawing a blank the fucking the author of Monogatari 
Jesus. Mm, okay. Nisusin? Nisusin. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's even inspired him to uh, for his bizarre writing style. And it makes sense because Boogie Pop is not just like a straightforward uh, point A to point B story. Which you realize quite quickly that these events you're watching are necessarily happening after each other. Um, but generally speaking, this show is really forgettable. Yeah, just like the first one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, because I'm trying to watch, right? Yeah, no, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to think like, what do I say about this show? And I'm just like. Not even I'm not even entirely sure to be honest. It's you'd think I mean you would think that with Shingo Natsume and board it would look good, but it really doesn't. Eh, just like the first one. Yeah, it's actually really <laughs> poorly produced. Much, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually really poorly produced. Uh, there's some disgusting uses of CG. Uh, oh, not like the first one. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they had to they had to downgrade somewhere, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. So for anybody that thinks that Shingo Natsume only works on stuff that looks good, he does not. He just has a uh, lot of connections, and he couldn't get them together for this one clearly. Uh, so yeah, no, it's a, it's just it's it's a it's a bad show. I'm sorry. Like I I don't like Boogie Pop. I think it's, I think it tries to be. A lot more philosophical Up than it actually ass is. is how I would describe it. <laughs> yes, but it, even then, it's like I, I feel like it's it's trying to touch on stuff without really like giving anything out. Like it, it presents itself almost as kind of a mystery without really. But it's like it's like a it's like a mystery without clues, right? It's like a bad mystery in a, in that sense. You know, the ones where it's just like you get presented with a case. And then you get literally nothing for the next few episodes until you fa- get the solution. You're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> See, Tori, what you're missing are the threads you have to connect by watching episode one. And then four episodes later, ah, now the thread is together. Therefore, it's awesome, <clears throat> says fan one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now let's just completely ignore the fact that uh, this uh, this entire novel is uh-huh. based on the... Is based on the uh, on the unreliable narrator, in which case you're not supposed to take anything you hear or see as fact. <laughs> yeah, don't you see that as cool? <laughs> no, <laughs> because oh. I'm sitting here and I'm going like, so you can you can use the unreliable narrator to great effect. And I don't know, maybe the novel is amazing. I haven't read it. It could be that it is fucking narrator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the unreliable narrator. But like, maybe I like it's. That. Maybe that's what it's called. But maybe it's... Uh, no, are you kidding me? That's what they call them? I know, right? Uh, but th- You're joking. It's what... You're joking me right now. It can't be used to great effect. I've read books that have fucking good uses of unreliable narrate, but this is just... Okay. This show, in particular, is... Uh, it's just... It, it feels like... <sighs> the moment I realized... We're watching this. The moment I realized that this was not a seek, that this was not just like a chronological order, but rather random events that's taken place over a set period of time. Yep, just like the first one. Really? Yes, (laughs) the exact same thing. (laughs) It almost seems like it's a remake. I know, right? That that at that point, I feel like a lot of the magic just kind of gets lost, 
And if I would like to see something, a bunch of incidents that happened on the same in the same period of time, I would rather watch Kuchuburanko, which is a goddamn comedy about mental illnesses that all take place within the same week. <laughs> what is the show? What is the show score on Mel? Seven point nineteen. It's over a seven, and that's too high. <laughs> what does the original have? I gotta look this up. Uh, Boogie I... Pap. Boogie Pap, what, 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 and I, the other one. 7.21. What, 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 yeah. 7.21, so it's even higher. Yeah. <laughs> the incomplete story is better. Right. All right, Yata, did you watch Boogie Pop? Uh, I watched the first two episodes. There was so much exposition, I had to drop it. I was like, life is too ah, short. Life decision. is too short. Life is way too short. <laughs> Exposition is what this show does, really. (laughs) If I remember correctly, the first one had exposition, but it was a lot of characters just staring into each other's dead eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They do that now, too, except... Oh, okay, good. ...the first one as well. (laughs) (laughs) They do that now, too, except it's more more so they're not really staring, so much staring into each other's dead eyes as they're... They do that sometimes, but they're also just generally just staring out into thin air, like... Huh. Self monologue a lot. They do self monologue a lot. They have conversations a lot about literally nothing. What do you think is going on there? I don't know. Is this apparition even real, or is it just a manifestation of all our all our collective belief? Could be. Am I real? I don't know. Can you prove that I'm real? <laughs> no, I really can't. I can only prove that I'm real. Well, can you actually really prove to everyone else around you that you're real? Especially if you can, if they're not even real. It's like, huh. Good question. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I especially hate, I, I just remember this, I especially hate, because one of the cardinal sins of Boogie Pop, they love to repeat the same thing, say the exact same thing, but using different words to say the exact same thing. So they could say like three sentences that were all the same thing, but just said differently. I'm just like, I this, this, this is not good writing. You're just saying the same thing over and over again. Just because you use different words does not mean you didn't just say the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I gave Boogie so Pop a four. I gave Boogie Pop a, uh, Boogie Pop a four. It was yeah, that's the mystery- what I gave the original. <laughs> <laughs> See, it repeats. Uh, no, the the mysteries can the, the mystery can be especially in the beginning. It was intriguing, but then as it keeps going, you're just kind of like, is this going anywhere? And then it ends, and you're like, nope, it really didn't because we're back at the start. We're back at where we fucking started this thing. It went nowhere. Literally. <laughs> so I'm reading... Uh, I, I tried to find a review on Mal of someone who gave this at least a 9. I found somebody. And uh, the third the, the the third paragraph when he's... You, you, one thing I've noticed is when people review these shows and they give them a high score, when generally the show is generally a, a low score overall, they try to um, defend the show's flaws. So, this line is, The reason being the series can be slow-paced and confusing at times, you'll end up like, what just happened? Who is this? What does that even mean? And that's the beauty of the series. <laughs> Hallmarks of a great anime, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> fusion. If you I don't like understand Boogie it, Pop. you just don't understand. You don't get it. You don't get the beauty of not getting it. That can be I true. Like Boogie Paul. <laughs> I like the original. I like that one, the second one. But you know, it it, it has a bunch of flaws. It's just the type of anime I like. Yeah, I guess. Well. I mean, my favorite anime is fucking Ergo uh, Proxy. Manglove one. Yeah, Ergo Proxy, which is basically the same thing. No, just... Hey, Ergo Proxy is more fun. I really think kids going through their emo phase in high school would love this show. Oh, yeah. 
Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> that's how, that's Everyone how I who plays the hating like time will also like this show. No, no one. No. Nah. Okay, cool. All uh, right, Hickey. <laughs> you up? You up, brah? Second one, because I had nothing better to reveal since the <laughs> this season was very bad, and I and I found a job, so I couldn't <laughs> watch a bunch of things. Uh, I've been talking just briefly about Hachigatsu no Cinderella Night. No one watched it. I'm the only person who watched you, it. Okay, you are one of three people. Actually, that's that's way too harsh. You are one of a hundred people who even knows what this is. I'm looking yes. up what the... Uh, yeah, this is a baseball show. This is a baseball show based on a mobile game app, uh, which I've been playing since launch. Um, so that's why you know what it is. More people watch this than Mix. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. Ooh. Oh wow. Oof. Oof. The moe. It's the moe. It's the moe. It. It's the moe bump. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't. Like, it's very simple. There's a character called Tsubasa Arihara. Uh, she's a baseball player. She joins a, a new high school and then she starts a, a baseball team. That's basically the story. It's different from the story of the game. Uh, because here they they are forming the the team. You still you you only have half of the characters you have in the game. The game you are a former professional player, or like junior player. Let's mm-hmm. put it that that got you just destroy your knee <laughs> trying to catch a ball and now you can play anymore. So you good God, you get, that's a horrid knee injury. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is you get a, a a very bad injury, and since you can't play anymore, you just go to a normal high school and you discover there's a, a baseball club there and they know who you are and ask you to be the manager of the team. And then That's you find the gotcha machine. And the game... Shut up. <laughs> I'm good at gotcha, so I don't I don't really care about it. Uh, my, my gotcha look is A-OK. The, re- the real big problem with that game is, especially at the beginning, you don't have a lot of cards and you don't have a lot of good cards. Uh, the problem is they have a mood... Uh, effect so if you you turn on the game and you know you see the mood of the characters whoever has the good mood you put to play the problem is sometimes every single fucking character you have will be in bad mood so you cannot play the game or else you're just gonna get fucked but yeah it is it is basically the beginning uh mounting team uh finding some characters some of the best or the most popular characters in the game mm-hmm. uh, to start the team and go into a few tournaments. Uh, Production-wise, it was made by a guy. Uh, it was directed by a guy called Susumu, and he's not a non-director because he's one of those guys who who are just called to fill the role. He did a bunch of ra- random shit, and the only thing memorable he did was Ghost in the Shell Arise Part Four. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's just there to fill the position. Uh, Production-wise, it was fine, except the two last episodes, which was a little bit bad. But aside that, yeah, if you're interested in the game, even though you cannot play outside Japan uh, without some VPN, yeah, uh, take a look. If you if you want a, a baseball anime, I would prefer you to go watch Mix or Touch. <laughs> Preferably touch. <laughs> yeah, if you watch Mix too, it's fine. It's different enough. Mm. <laughs> okay. 
I gotta prepare myself mentally for this next one. Okay. So, my next one is something I was highly anticipating. We even covered it on a Manga Manwa Checkout. Uh, I believe that was the episode's Brains was here from the Trash Pandas Watch Anime podcast, and that's Seven Seeds. One of my favorite mangas of all time. It's uh, it's very so- shoujo. Well. Very shoujo is very, un- an understand me. Well, very <laughs> shoujo in a post-apocalyptic world. Shoujo. So post- post-apocalyptic themes are, uh, with me, almost a slam dunk. Always. I'm, and shoujo. I'm, and, well, sometimes shoujo. <laughs> sometimes shoujo. Sometimes. Uh, what this show, what this, what the manga, what the show's about is uh, a meteorite's gonna collide with Earth and fuck everything up. And so Japan and all the other countries invoke this uh, project called the Seven Seeds, in which uh, five sets of seven young men and women are carefully selected through superior genetics and what and, and the whatnot, uh, placed into teams called Spring, Summer, Autumn, Winter. Uh, and there just happens to be a second summer team consisting of basically the dropouts of society, uh, ra- randomly chosen. Uh, so they, they end up waking up in various times uh, when the Earth is uh, habitable again. And you follow three characters. Uh, two characters are in uh, the, the, the B summer team. You have Natsu, who is this quiet, nerdy type girl who's always picked on in school. And uh, uh, hot shoujo boy number one, right? That's your, that's your little formula there. And then in, yeah, on, yeah. And in another team, in the uh, superior genetics team, you follow Hana, who's the other girl. So you're supposed to be following these two girls, uh, and they're both in love with the same dude. Uh, but they've been crying, you know, they've been crying, and, and Hana and our hot shoujo boy were an item uh, before the meteor struck. Well, they don't realize that they were all chosen on these teams, they were just kind of kidnapped in the middle of the night, and uh, they just wake up, you know, and it's many, many years later. Thousands. Perhaps millions. But you don't know. We, d- we really don't know how much time has passed. What the manga... You Okay. Many reviewers out there, or anime watchers, will be like, the manga's better. Like, that's the kind of the default reaction. The book is better than the movie, the book is better than the TV show. I'm usually not like that. But in this case, holy fuck, is this show an egregious adaptation. I have never in my life been this pissed off watching something be adapted the way this the way studio gonzo did i was about to say jd's favorite manga got gonzo <laughs> my god did gonzo royally fuck this up and this is a netflix anime by the way so the budget or whatever whatever it is i netflix has a winning record with me in their adaptations and what they've done well studio gonzo needs to just die because they, I don't know, I don't remember the last hit that they've had. Do you yeah, guys know? Nope, they haven't had one. That's kind of their problem. They've been trying to, they've been trying so many different video game adaptations lately. Because they're, they don't have a popular mm. fr- franchise anymore. They used to have one. They had many. The original Full Metal Panic in NHK? Something like that, yeah. 
But they've, I mean, had, they've had many things. They used to they used to be a pretty good. Two thousand six. They used Gangazzo. to be a pretty decent studio, but now it's just like now you just get shit like fucking. Uh, what's that? Oh goddamn! What's that game that you love so much, Aki? The fucking. Uh, the game I like. The one where you oh, fucking Occupus you fight Strip. people. The Occupus Strip. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, that's the one. They got Blade and Soul, the fucking MMO thing. Ugh. Shit like that. It it it's so bad. They're terrible. Well, let's see. I mean, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did Rosario plus Vampire. Yep, yeah, that, that, that's way back in the day. That's my point. Yeah, that's early two thousands, and they messed up Helsing. They've met, they have a history of messing up uh, everything. So, what did they mess up in this one? Well, first of all, they mess up introducing characters. So you could say they changed the story or anything. Um, Karakuri Circus was a great example of too many chapters meshed into the story too fast, right? It started out, first five episodes or so, was pretty good, and then it just kind of goes off the rails with its pacing. Too much information, too much plot just passing by at once. You can't get into anything. Uh, The characters aren't developing the way they should. Well, Studio Gonzo and Seven Seeds on Netflix just goes, <laughs> try to try to entice the viewer with a story and character introduction? Nah, we're just going to go balls to the wall. Uh, not, okay. The, the show starts out with your, their, uh, our, our delinquent team are waking up, but you don't know they're like in cryogenic, fro- uh, they're waking up from cryogenic, cryogenically frozen. They just... You just wake up from their, like, bed, and then they're in the ocean, uh, and then it cuts to Hana and her team, and they're running away on an island, and then it cuts again to our other team, and they're just kind of, like, talking to each other, uh, just dialogue. You just don't know who anybody is. You honestly couldn't even tell who the main characters were, right? Uh, and the dialogue, they just kind of briefly go over, eh, we woke up. Where's everybody? We don't know where we are. It kind of does that for a while. And it just keeps cutting back and forth between the two teams. There's no... There's no uh, way for you to grasp the situation that they're in. And the characters don't even come across as they're grasping any sort of situation. Right? The other thing it does is it introduces a new set of characters every single time episode and then it seemingly forgets about other characters and you're supposed to be meeting other teams as you progress through the story and learn more about the world but you don't it the show doesn't do any of that it all takes place in the span of minutes rather than over the course of what could be full arcs and episodes right so within the first six episodes you're introduced to over 30 characters I have read Ooh. the manga, and I could that, not even tell you watching the show who oh, that, an eighth that, of the characters ooh. are. That made me remember of my Yoiga. Ooh, ooh. That's not good. No, it's it's horrid. Uh, probably the best way I can describe the show in, in uh, how it tries to tell you the story and, and how characters quote-unquote develop is there's a scene with Hot Chojo Boy, and he and he goes, I want to travel to my hometown and see, you know, what the state it's state states state that it's in, and as we know from the manga, Hickey, 
Natsu has a lot of inner dialogue, and she's kind of struggling with herself. She's slowly fallen in love with Shoujo Boy, because as she does. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and also, like, trying to not fall in love with uh, Hot Shoujo Boy, number two, the bullying. Bunga, bunga, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, the show doesn't even go that route at all. Wait, um, in fact, bullying? In fact, Natsu oh, there, is there's, a complete well, after, there's afterthought. bullying, right? There's yeah. bullying. Yeah, there's bullying. And he, he so he's just like the 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 shitty guy. <laughs> they never he's, get you. He's a literally bit of redemption. He's literally an afterthought. He's just kind of there. He just yells every now and again and you would never even know or care about who this guy is. Oh. If if you're going in this blind, you would think Shoujo Boy is your main character and Hana eventually after like four episodes. You would be ah, okay, those are the two characters I need to care about. Natsu is in fact your main character, but you'd never know. She has no bo- uh, no bearing on the story whatsoever in this anime. But Shoujo Boy goes to his hotel- hometown, and he's all upset. He's like, no, oh, my girlfriend's at the past, everyone's dead, oh, I'm so upset. And then Natsu goes, he's really upset. Really? Yeah, really. <laughs> and so then it cuts... To Hana, you know, doing her thing. She's all struggling. She's having melodramatic moments, but it's all jarring. You don't really get led into anything. It's ever events just happen. Just shit happens all the time, right? Then it cuts five minutes. Cuts, cuts back to Natsu and our hot shoujo boy at a campfire, and she has the dialogue. He's been really upset lately. Days have gone by ever since that incident. You're like, what? Days? Five minutes has passed. (laughs) (laughs) And then so she looks at him and he goes, here's some food. She goes, I have to find a way to cheer him up. And then immediately he just looks at her and they start laughing over the fish they're cooking. I'm like, he's fine now. Okay. And that's the show. Everything's just okay. (laughs) Shit happens. (laughs) And that's the sh- yeah again it, it lacks a lot of the impact of the first one. Lacks. There to, is no impact. There's no impact did, to anything. Did they, did they try to like cramp everything, like until the end in a twelve episode series? Uh, I would say we've gotten half the manga at this point. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, damn. With twelve episodes. Holy shit! They they sped it up. Oh damn. yeah. I, I was, at the beginning, I was kind of putting the pace at a volume and episode. It's, in fact, more than that. But then it skips all around and meshes everything together with a quick pace. So there's no way you can really grasp any sort of time frame, who characters are, why we should care about them. This is one of the... As a, as a huge fan of the story and the manga and something I should be a total mark for, I was more flabbergasted in how much they fucked this up. You know, Karakuri Circus, I could at least sense some fun, right? I could sense <laughs> there was something to enjoy there. And Seven Seeds is even worse because I couldn't even find a, a something I enjoyed... I, I, even from a perspective of this is an anime adaptation, I will take all of the manga out of it. I couldn't keep up with it. I hate the show. I absolutely hate it. Don't recommend it. This is probably going to get a 1 or 2 out of 10 with me. I haven't decided yet. I'm still just fuming over the show. 
It's hard. <laughs> Welcome to the wonderful world of Gonzo. Yeah. The Look, moment where you, the moment where you of, realize in the defense of Gonzo. In defense <laughs> the moment... of Gonzo, they did Sorega Seiyu in 2015. Yeah, okay, that was fine, really fine. good. And nah. they did Hinomara. Uh, what's what's the name of the show? Hinomatsuri. Hinomaru Zumo. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, the sumo one. In the beginning, yeah. Nobody oh, the cares. sumo, the sumo show. Yeah, Nobody the sumo show, which was really, really good. Nah. So, in defense of them, but they did Conception, which was unacceptable. Well, that negates a lot of things. With the with the rapey raccoon <laughs> thing, and regardless, I don't want to remember that show. But I, you know, I would like to apologize to everybody whom listened to our cast and hyped up the show. We were Hickey, you and I were both excited for it. Uh, didn't know Studio Gonzo was behind this until it was too late. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. I was, I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter the studio because it's Netflix. And Netflix will <laughs> at least, at least <laughs> try to do Look, I'm trying. Shut up, Tori. Uh, at least try to pour some money on it. Nah. But I guess they did. And they also decided to <laughs> speed up everything. <laughs> Like, I had a feeling it was going to be bad when uh, a lot of the gore was taken away, um, a lot of cutaways, uh, like, scenes that you should care about, you're just kind of like, okay, that happens. Um, I'm, I'm so sorry. I hope the show is just straight up canceled. I hope we never see the second season. I hope it gets berserked. <laughs> you may get a remake every four. It makes, yeah, it makes a remake on, on full I, CGI. I, I would honestly, I, 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 I am gonna fully admit this. Uh, if Milipenese did a did the shitty CG adaptation, but at least did the story right, I would prefer that version over what we got here. Oh, That's JD how going, bad JD the going on the internet with, with a ski mask, saying some stuff in, in, in Arabic and just burning the manga. Alright. Yato, weren't oh. you interested in checking out Seven Seeds? I was very, very interested. Unfortunately, our Netflix in Taiwan is a little bit behind the times um, mm. in, comparison to New, in comparison to New North America. So it only became available here a couple of days ago. And by that point, the feedback had been so overwhelmingly negative. Uh, I just couldn't go kind of dive into that. So, yeah, I just read the manga. The manga, yeah. like the, the biggest problem of the manga is that it is extremely shoujo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's shoujo as fuck. <laughs> if you, if you can ignore that, it is it is a fun. That's ride. my favorite. Jo- I, that's my I, favorite. I was, uh, I was excited to watch the anime. I, I'm getting. I'm staying the fuck away. Out of the, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going there. No, no, no. Part of me kind of just wants to give it a shot. Not because I want to watch anything good, but because I was just fucking... I'm just wondering, like, the only thing that could in any remote save this for me is if Gonzo was just fucking cheeky enough to slap a bunch of fucking references to the Gonzo universe in there, which in which to the fucking Gonzoverse. In which case, I, I would be like, that's it. They, <laughs> they ruined it for personal promotion. <laughs> You know you want to watch that and then compare to Island of Giant Insects. Oh, man. You know you want to do that. I still, I still haven't seen Island of, uh, Island of Giant Insects. I want to watch that. I hear it's fucking... I hear it's atrocious and not at all what the PV promised. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's only one episode. <laughs> yeah, true. This was uh, 12 episodes of horror. <laughs> okay. 
Oh, Yata, please, please, uh, please calm me down, because I am, I, I haven't had a visceral reaction to an anime in, in, uh, I want to say a year. I think a year. I think that Death March was the last <laughs> one I kind of lost my shit over. That was, that was JD cutting a promo on Seven Seeds. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly so. <laughs> so, my second show was Fairy Gone, and... Yes, this was a bit of a waste of time, honestly. I went into this one... I'm glad I dropped it. <laughs> I, I basically went into this one looking for... I had the bar pretty low. I wanted Tenro Series Jaeger Part 2. It's from the same studio. I was looking for good, dumb fun. Like, emphasis on the dumb. I, I'm not expecting miracles here. I was like, just give me something that's kind of semi-flashy, over-the-top characters, and some good good action scenes. And that's that's enough for me. Like, honestly, easily pleased when it comes to fantasy. But holy fuck. Oh, <laughs> <Shome> Tsutoshi. <laughs> this one. You, cho- you chose the wrong show. <laughs> yeah, this one. The, the synopsis is amazing for this one. And it's just so overly complex. If you can if you can kind of follow with me as I go through the synopsis, you'll see like one of the major problems just off the bat. So we, have, we start off with the opening line here. Once upon a time, fairies were tools of war. And it goes on and on and on. The story takes place in a world where fairies possess and dwell in animals, giving them mysterious abilities. By removing the organs of a possessed animal and transplanting them into humans, fairies can be summoned as an alter ego and be used as a weapon. Such individuals who use fairies as war tools were, co- were called fairy soldiers. Once the war was over and they completed their roles, the soldiers lost their purpose. Some began working for the government, some joined the mafia, and even some became terrorists, as each chose their own way to live. Nine years have passed since the war. The protagonist, Maria, is a new recruit of Dorithia, an organization who investigates and suppresses fairy-related crimes. Amidst the unstable political situation, criminals and lingering wounds from the war and past conflicts emerge and engage in terrorism as an act of revenge. This is a story of fairy soldiers fighting for their own justice in a chaotic post-war world. I don't know why, when I I read that synopsis, I was like, oh shit, I was thinking of psychopaths meets... You know, some some sort of high fantasy, and I was like, I could totally watch that. Psychopaths and high fantasy, I'm totally down. Um, but with the bar being ten row series, the Jaeger, that's just the that's what I wanted. Just something like on that level, like a six out of ten. This was there was so much going on here. Like you were talking about seven C's, just kind of throwing you in, and it was just action, action, action all the way. And you've got really nothing to coordinate yourself and situate yourself into the world. This happened. For the fir- this was basically <laughs> fairy gone for the first two episodes, and then. Everything just stopped. They threw like the world oh, was yeah. just such a fucking mismatch. Yeah, and yeah. she literally like the, the the hero journey never began. It she, she never got to her her goal at any point during the series. It was just here's more shit to throw at you. Hey, do you like cars? Do you like trucks? How about we put some legs on them? That's new, right? I've never <laughs> seen that before. Oh, uh, like, like and the animation. The animation was fine. The acting was fine. Like everything was kind of fine except for the fact that nothing actually happened the, the plot was just the plot was <laughs> the like non-existent cg though yeah, like, the, C- yeah the, C- the, CG. the cg fairies I, like i'll give we, you were pretty we talked shitty about, but they we talked like, about fairy yeah. gone and the first impressions and i remember like <laughs> the the first episode was so packed with information yeah like the, the introduction of the characters is just so dumb it's like Hey, you, stop slacking off. Go to your fucking position. Stop calling or me you. You know, someone <laughs> might die. And she's like, it's not you. It's this. I was like, I don't give a shit. Go back to your position. Go to work. <laughs> but yeah, the fairies no, like, were that, rough. That, that, there's one scene. Um, there's one scene in the first three episodes where, like, they're chasing the, the other guy. 
the blonde guy with you know long hair mm-hmm. and they were on top of a on top of a bike the bike slides but like it's all cg but it, it looks like they just uh <laughs> oh my god it, it looks like there's no friction and they are glued to the motorcycle until it changes to normal animation and, and they're just like having this horrid <laughs> accident oh my god yeah it's on the hold i still didn't drop it i want to watch the second core of it i would say like the the fairies the first time you see the fairies it's shocking it's shocking how shit they look but oh yeah i I became desensitized desensitized to it pretty quickly but like the end of episode two i was sort of like well that's what they are these like cg uh, aberrations that kind of come on and they fight and like on a design level (laughs) like cg aside if they were like hand-drawn uh i like the design of the fairies like i'm I was ashamed to say, I, I was like, oh, that fairy looks kind of cool. You know, if you squint and, you that, know, that, tilt yeah, your head. That could have <laughs> looked really cool. Yeah, but, but yeah, this CG watch Like, the thing, with, the thing with the fairy fights, though, is that they, they kind of, even those became fucking irrelevant because they just kind of called out their fairies and then they fucking went off screen to fight. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, it's like, okay, sure. Every once in a while, they appear back into screaming, no, I will stop you now. Then the other third one comes back in and fucking... Uh, attacks the other one that they go off screen against. Like, all right, cool. They're there. They're doing their own thing. <laughs> They're irrelevant. It was like they didn't even need that. But like, as well, the first fucking episode. I swear to you, that the by the amount of things they did, the amount of information you get in that first episode, they could have done an entire fucking twelve episode series based on the information you get in episode one. Yeah, you, There's you a had fucking like story to be told there. But nah, had, like, fuck heel it. turns, face turns. <laughs> Oh, secret, you know, long lost loves. I'm Veronica. I'm not Veronica anymore. She's dead. But you're really Veronica. We're from the same town. Flashbacks. I'm a good guy. I'm a really bad guy. I'm an undercover cop. The mafia, the armies. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, yeah. But I, I was like, okay, okay, we'll just get the expedition. We'll just get a lot of dumping of information here in the beginning. And hopefully, you know, shit will actually happen. The biggest problem with the whole series, like shitty CG aside and too much going on in the beginning, was the fact that nothing really happened. Yeah. And like having to sit through another twelve episodes. But there's a of this. whole other twelve episodes for this. <laughs> no, I found a person on my anime list who rated seven seeds a perfect ten. Oh my god! I must it's read this troll. review. No, for, no, no, no. Read it I out. must read it out. Read it I out. I have no. to. It's a very short review. Uh, I have not read the manga, so this is based purely off the anime itself. There you go. So we're off to a very perfect start here. I watched this whole anime a day. In a day, it was attention capturing. I hate the way this ends. Capital letters, all with the word hate. It's too unfulfilling and leaving questions that may not be answered. The art was very nice, as Netflix usually delivers. Its start is a tad chaotic, but seemed to be the point to scramble the the watchers as much as the characters. It does cover some rather heavy topics. They do so really well, sometimes the topics seem to be rushed. The series follows two lovers, heartbroken to wake up. They don't have each other. By luck, they are together in this new hostile world. I do suggest this anime if you like dark anime. It's dark like the anime Another. (laughs) Probably worse. Covering purposeful murder, abuse, rape, and mass death. Overall very clever, but needs fleshing out. 
perfect 10 out of 10. Hey, JJ. Okay. Uh, so, hey, JD, can he, you do me a favor? He missed the, he missed the, the point so fucking hard. <laughs> Holy so, shit. So, like I JD, said, didn't me... even realize Natsu's the main character of the fucking manga. <laughs> even still, I'm I'm convinced. That is a troll review. J- JD, you can you do me a favor and click else. on that person's um profile and tell me the average score of their anime rating? You got it. <laughs> It's a it's a troll review. Nine point six seven. Nine point six seven. There it's you go. It's it's a troll account. No, that is a fucking troll account. I refuse no, to believe no. anything else. I've watched three total anime: Seven Seeds, Durarara, and K. I like K. K has a nine out of ten, by the way. Yeah, troll account. <laughs> yeah, they know what they like. Uh, I mean, if if you find an eight out of ten. That's I I believe that's a person who actually watched it. <laughs> okay, I'll read. I'll, I found one immediately. I won't read it, but I'll just read it to myself as you guys keep talking about Fairy Gun. If you uh, have anything else to he say, he can't move past uh, seven seats. Uh, five no, out, it's, five, it's five really scarred me. <laughs> five out of ten, Fairy Gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm still on hold because I was watching it. Then I found a jaw. <laughs> now I job. I. I, I need to be responsible, so it's on hold. But I, I still want to watch it and then watch the second season. Although, in this season, we have, like, Sacred Beasts, which looks like a better version of <laughs> Fairy Gone. So... I mean, it took it sure took some fucking uh, pages out of the same book of Fairy Gone because the episode one of that show, my God, a lot the episode happened. Episode two is, a, yeah. is also very dumb. Shit was going it, 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 yeah, I, I didn't say it wasn't dumb, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, what happens in episode one of that show, God damn it, there was a lot that happened in episode yeah, one of that show. My, the, oh, yeah. the only thing with, they fight the, an entire war. The only thing with uh, Sacred Beast is it's Mappa, and I've kind of been high on a lot of their shows recently, so I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. For episode one, no, it was like, oh, no, no, it was breakneck just, speed. Just go with just go with the the bar as low as you can, and the, that that time you you have fun. <laughs> Can't do it. It's Mappa. They're too good, sadly. Uh, but yeah, all right, the fairy gun. Then it's my turn again, I guess. While JD still immerses himself in seven seed, uh, <laughs> I'm waiting to I'm waiting for him to choke on indignation at some point. A nine? <laughs> you fucking kidding me? <laughs> nah, he's gone. So Seven Seeds covered 84 chapters in 12 episodes, by the way. That's the nice. exact number. Some Tokyo nice. Ghoulstuff right there. That's oh. very opposite of Inland Saga from this season. It covers like, what, never, a chapter an episode? Chapter <laughs> uh, an episode would have been very enjoyable then, if that was the case. But Seven Seeds decided to do a volume, at least... An episode. Okay. All right. Fine. You can drink this episode, okay? <laughs> you want, but don't drink too much. You can just drown your nah, sorrows I'm still in drinking, booze. I'm still drinking my coffee. I'm not breaking out the Canadian velvet yet. You can, you can just put some brandy in it. I don't have brandy. I should have some though. The structure of this podcast is some. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to my final uh, review then, which is Dororo. The uh, 2019 remake of uh, Dororo to Hyakimaru. Uh, you gotta say it with uh, as many Rororos as possible. You know what? I could go all day. I don't wanna. <laughs> so yeah, anyways. Dororo was produced by, you guessed it, Mappa and Tesco Production. Uh, I've heard good things about those studios. <laughs> yeah. Tesco Production is kind of a Tesco fanboy, though. <laughs> uh... Anyways, uh, yeah, it's a 24-episode uh, series, TV series, so two core. And uh, the synopsis from Mal goes like this. Uh, 
The greedy samurai lord Daigo Kagemitsu's land is dying, and he would do anything for power, even renounce Buddha and make a pact with demons. His prayers are answered by twelve demons, demons who grant him the power he desires by aiding his prefecture's growth at a price. When Kagemitsu's first son is born, the boy has no limbs, no nose, no eyes, no ears, nor even skin. Yet still, Bummer. he lives. This child, is dis- <laughs> this child is disposed of in a river and forgotten. But as luck would have it, he is saved by a medicine man who provides him with prosthetics and weapons, allowing for him to survive and fend for himself. The boy lives and grows, and although he cannot see, hear, or feel anything, he must defeat the demons that took him as sacrifice. With the death and with the death of each one, he regains a part of himself that is rightfully his. For many years he wanders alone, until one day an orphan boy, Dororo, befriends him. The unlikely pair of castaways now fight for their survival and humanity in an unforgiving, demon-infested world. So yeah, this is uh, based on a uh, old Osamu Tezuka manga. Uh, got a uh, anime adaptation back in 1969, I think it was. And see, uh, Good. And uh, yeah, this uh, <laughs> this remake was something I was looking forward to quite a lot, and. Uh, as luck would have it, it was a pretty good show, all, th- all things considered, especially in the beginning. Uh, it was it was nice because it changes a lot from the manga, and it changes a lot. The uh, it changes the uh, kind of silly tone of the manga a lot. It's not as com- uh, comedy driven anymore, and it makes it a little bit more dark. Uh, you know, obviously seeing Do- uh, uh, Yakimaru without his body parts, and then kind of you know his fight to regain his body parts is really interesting the demons are the demon fights are nice the it's the first half of the show was really good the second half of the show it kind of in my opinion starts to drag a little bit uh and especially we end up with two episodes where they decided to uh give those two the responsibility for those two episodes to a man who is for whatever reason known to have a this really weird art and animation style that I I don't know if he's a big fan of like minimalist animation from like Tezuka times but uh yeah he single-handedly for a moment I thought that they'd literally just production time had caught up to them and that this was what the show was gonna look like now and then of course obviously I was told that no actually this was just this man's style and which I had to question myself what style Ruining a show? Is that his style? <laughs> the, the visuals took a nosedive and I got back Which up two episodes were that, by the way? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was 13 and 14. Yeah, it 13 was around there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh, but yeah, no. It's... It, 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 no. It, it, that disappointed me a lot. And I kind of... I kind of never really fully recovered. I, it, I don't feel like it ever got back to like the strong parts of part one. But obviously he carries on killing demons. He kind of... Uh, Yakimaru kind of starts getting desperate. Because he's mm-hmm. killing demons and not getting body parts back. And he's like really, you know... Getting his body to back kind of becomes an obsession for him. And uh, he wants it. Why does he want it? Because it's his. But like, you know... 
if he gets his body back together, it, others are going to suffer. And then, you know, General Quest is like, is it right for other people to make him suffer in order to, uh, in order to, you know, live a life of peace and prosperity? And is it all right for him to take all that away? Is well, that I liked, selfish? I like the uh, whole side concept as well, uh, where the villagers kind of see the reality to it all, where there's a war happening anyways, so what difference does it make? <laughs> well, yeah, that, but that is at the, that's at the very end. Uh, like, the war kind of stops because nobody wanted to fuck with, uh, uh, with uh, them, like, because they were just too strong. The reason why the war kind of sparked back up again was because they realized that they're they're weakening. <laughs> so um, yeah, but even still, it's it kind of it becomes it becomes okay. But what I one thing I really didn't like is how some of the characters, and in particular uh, Hakimaru's mother, acts <laughs> because she is kind of. <sighs> The first time she meets her, meets Yakubaru again, she tries to kill herself uh, yeah, as atonement, yeah. because sure. what, as one does. Uh, and then obviously she stopped, and now everybody is like, oh, I'm going to become a demon in order to kill this man. And Yakubaru's kind of also becoming a demon, and eventually he starts riding a fucking uh, Ponita. Ponita. Yeah. <laughs> From dude, Pokemon. Dude, he gets a fucking strong-ass Ponita. It's a Rapidash oh, rap right there, gentlemen. It's, it's a Rapidash. I think it's fully. I don't know. Evolved. It didn't. It didn't. It only evolved from its its uh its death state. It became a Ponyta. It didn't. It didn't evolve again to become Rapidash. Dude, Nobody cares they... about Pokemon. goddammit. it. No, we got it. We got to be very specific about this because this was a great point in the show where Dororo's riding the fire horse of 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 death and wrecking shit because he wants his goddamn arms. But it, it was very. It was, yeah. it was very much a horse though, right? And not a pony. And it was swole. It is a horse. It is a horse. It was the adult. They had a, they had a baby. But and, anyways. No, the baby leaved. The baby leaved. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It was the mother. Yeah. The mother got slaughtered. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And became a, a fire demon. And I got slaughtered again. Um, <laughs> and got slaughtered again. But yeah, no. Uh, but even still, like, it's at the end as well. It was like, after fucking uh, Hakimoto's mother has kind of just fucking reserved herself, like, ah. I don't want. I don't want bad things to happen, but I'm kind of conflicted. You know, I don't want bad things to happen to either of my children, and I've been a bad oh, mother. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so then, then it's kind of just like dilly dallying back and forth. It's like, should I go and see him? Should I not go and see? Him? Should I get into that? Should I? Not? And then she does, but it's like, what is even the point of dragging her into all this? What is she actually doing here? Except for eventually uh, sitting down with fucking uh, what was his name, uh, Tahomaru, and. Uh, Dying in a fire, but Tori, you're missing. You're missing the whole point. Hugs are very important. They are, and the only one who got a hug was uh, Tawamaru. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, he deserved it. He's been neglected his entire life. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but yeah, is, no. everything is okay as long as you get the hug, and sure. then you must sacrifice yourself because then that's the only way to go. It's this. You forget, Tori. This is Japan. Sure. Way back I, I, in the day. <laughs> well, yeah, sure, but this is a modern remake. No, but it's... No, come uh, <laughs> Shut up. No, but, like, again, the show the show is good. I enjoyed the show. It did sadly fall off a little bit, which is why I ended up in the end giving it a 7 rather than an 8, which Ooh. I was on pretty much the entire time, but... It's... I mostly blame those two episodes that fucking... Uh, like, episode, what was it, 13 and 14? 
Like, fucking, yeah. I, I mostly blame those. Like, that, that, that just kind of completely killed my boner for this show. Hold yeah, your like, boner. those are bad. Like, the opening, the ending, both of them, really good. One done by Asian Kung Fu Generations. Uh, really, really nice. The animation was really nice. Just episode 13. Like, why? Why episode 13, episode 14 happened? Oh, my yeah, God, I, even, I mean, there's, there's a thing as well with the second, uh, the second opening. I prefer the first opening. The I sec- do too, but I like Asian Kung Fu Generation. I, no, I do, I do too, <laughs> but my problem with the second opening is more like, I feel like the first opening kind of shows you like more, or kind of hits you more like in the, in the feels, like with the more, more emotional aspects of it. And then the second opening kind of feels like a standard shonen opening. Yeah, it was very shonen. It really yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I, 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 if that, like, I was like, is that like a representation of how this show is going to be now? Is it, are we going to go from like dark, dark story about fucking getting your, getting your body parts together to just like full on shonen? <laughs> I did like yeah. the consistency of the show where for some reason, this entire, everyone resorts to, uh, resorts to looking to a demon to solve their problems, and then inevitably, as one would guess, it's not a good idea, and it doesn't turn out very well. <laughs> I mean, it, it worked okay, but it's kind of like you know you have to pay the price. It's, well, yeah, uh, and it's the thing. as long as they're willing to accept the price paid, which uh, unfortunately, um, Dororo's brother uh, doesn't really see it that way until <laughs> until the very end. Yeah, right. Uh, He's like, ah, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> I did, I did that, but I did also like that point. You know, the whole like, uh, like the monk, uh, the blind monk did talked about like, don't let him become like, be careful, like he mm-hmm. don't let him become a demon. And it is kind of interesting that part of the end where he is just obsessed about getting his body back. And like his reasoning for getting his body back is makes sense. Like it's not profound or anything, but it's like, why do you want your body back so desperately? Because it's mine. <laughs> right, simple like, enough, right? Yeah, it's like Can't that's not a profound reason. To walk around as a super cripple. Can't. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> can't argue with the logic. It's not really profound, but you know, <laughs> he had fucking katana arms. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad, it was a badass cripple, but still, it's like he, it's not like he would be a worse fucking swordsman because he got his arms back. I don't think, but uh, and his eyes, but uh, the arms probably because the technique he was using was. Relying on not having wrists. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, that's why he ended he... up tying his hands to the swords. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that, that because he was cutting himself well. on them. Uh, but yes. If you if you if you hold a sword or a knife with your hand, does you can press whatever you want and it it won't cut your hand. Just if it 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 will only cut you if you slide your hand through it. Uh, which didn't happen, so that didn't make a lot of sense that he cut his arms, like he cut his hands, just by holding the swords. That doesn't really no, happen. No, he was Even squeezing if there's so an hard, impact. <laughs> Even if there's an impact, it wouldn't be able to, to cut yourself. Regardless. Anyway. <laughs> Hickey with the science of swords. Actually, this is how swords behave. False. Wrong. <laughs> Look. But oh, you're right. <laughs> we did, we did, we... <laughs> I have studied the science behind the swords. <laughs> I vastly enjoyed the show. Uh, very much a lot of the same opinions as you, Tori. So I won't. I won't go any more into it. I ended up giving it an eight. I think you want to say something. You any any show that gave us um, albino demon bone sharks is at least an eight out of ten. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, shark with legs <laughs> the worst nightmare <laughs> <laughs> we've seen worse things that produce shark with legs <laughs> I think uh, I think Yuji Ito did a story about sharks with legs didn't he yes <laughs> probably <laughs> yes he did <laughs> it's quite infamous <laughs> Gyo okay uh, Hickey your last one do not judge me <laughs> no I will uh, <clears throat> Look, look, I was going to work, I was very tired, I'm not very used, so whenever I, I came home, I would eagerly watch Seiwa <laughs> Yaki Kitsune no Senko-san, uh, which I'll talk about now. It is your dumb boy show, okay? Uh, the synopsis says the everyday <laughs> life of Nakano, a salaryman working for an exploitation company, suddenly intruded upon a fox, Senko-san. <clears throat> 1,800-year-old little girl, <laughs> whether it's cooking, cleaning, or special service, question mark, oh, please, God, uh, she will heal his exhaustion with them. This looks like a fucking hentai synopsis for some reason, regardless. Uh, yeah, the synopsis says everything. You have the main character, which is Nakano, a everyday serially man, just like us, except Tori, because, yep. you know. Yeah, to do you work. I do. We have a work? Nine to six, Monday to oh, Friday, okay. so, elementary like, school yeah, teacher. Oh, nice. So, yeah, like every one of yeah. us except Tony. We just shoot the shit about uh, just... Detective Conan every day. So, as long as I keep up with that, they think I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. Man of culture. <laughs> man of... Mm. It depends. There's there's a few steps until you become a man of culture, but I'll, I won't go <laughs> uh, through them. But, yeah, until he... He gets visited by Senko-san, which is a fox spirit, and she says uh, that she will just heal his soul. Uh, there's a, a lot of things going behind, especially with his, like, one of his ancestors that happened to save Senko-san and things like that. Uh, but yeah, I for some reason, this show animation is extremely good. I don't know why is that every single season, the dumbest shows with the, the just moy things, nothing really happens, has the best animation. <laughs> it, it was pro the most consistent animation of the season, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I was just, whenever I was tired of work, I would just put it in, especially because uh, one of the seiyus I really like, she's in Idolmaster Cinderella Girls, uh, the, the seiyu of Senko, Azumi Waki. And yeah, just just a good show to relax before sleeping, especially if you like Moe stuff. Okay. I like that I'm the only one who watches this shit. Well, of course you <laughs> Thank are. Thank you, guys. Tori, you've been watching everything this. You keep, no. You, uh, ex you excuse say, excuse me? I've been watching everything. No, yeah, not since, even since I since I got since I got a work. I'm I'm not watching everything. So you are the new watch everything. I guy. don't watch everything. I fuck, you fuck watch that. More than me. Well, mm. no, I didn't. I actually don't watch more than you. Even though you I know, I just realized that. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> All right. So my last show is Ultraman. Uh, something I've been speaking highly of. I spoke highly of uh, of it in, in the impressions. Uh, it is not a remake of the original, but a continuation of the uh, original, a sequel, if you will, focused on the son 
of the original Ultraman. Uh, it is, in my opinion, one of the best um, just pure action shows, and it captures a lot of the spirit the original Ultraman brings, where it's uh, superhero fights villain uh, and builds up to a supervillain. Or villain, or it fights villains and builds up to fighting the inevitable supervillain villain at the uh, at the climax at the end of the show, and it really is that. Uh, it doesn't have much for I won't I won't beat around the bush saying it's it has this crazy in depth plot. It doesn't uh, simply supervillain wants to um, just simply fuck some shit up, and it's Ultraman's job to not let him do that. <laughs> and uh, you are introduced to. A character after the halfway point uh, that has has a very strange origin story and and odd, more or less odd uh, motivation to become a second Ultraman or at least uh, I'll just say super super robot uh, deal and um, the ultimate bat all the I I enjoyed all of the action scenes and battles um, they're. Very memorable, actually. Uh, I liked him much more than the JoJo Part 5 battles. Uh, <laughs> can't say I enjoyed um, too much of the One Punch Man Season 2 battles. They just weren't very memorable. Uh, the climax in how Ultraman ultimately um, finally, or the son of Ultraman, uh, finally gets to his superpower level uh, is, is quite cool. Um, it's well animated, uh, for Netflix and CG. It's, uh, it's something I would recommend if you're looking for a solid action show. I have no regrets. I definitely watched it much faster than, I think, any anime from this spring season. Uh, it was a fun show. It, it, it really knows what it is and knows what it needed to execute. Um, so, I, I mean, I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's not deep, it, it, you know, I won't put it above, say, March comes in like a lion or anything like that, but if you're, if you're looking for a solid action show, this is for you. Uh, Hickey, did you want to check out Ultraman at some point? Yes, because I like the original Ultraman. Yeah. I really enjoy I enjoy uh, uh, Tokusatsu shows. Yeah. But I, I, I haven't been able to. I, I, I've read the manga a long time ago, so yeah, I'll check it out eventually, especially now that Brazilian Netflix has some <laughs> done machi movie. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll have to pay the, the fucking subscription, so might as well watch it. Stay away from Seven Seeds and watch Ultraman because Ultraman is fun. Uh, it's up there with Kamen Rider and mm-hmm. uh, what's the name of the the other one? It's Ultraman. There's ah, I forgot. You have Jiraiya as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of the execution of the end, of how it kind of wrapped up its little story, but at the end of the day, it's did, were you entertained? Was wasn't an easy watch, and it I think it nails it pretty pretty well. So, uh, if you're gonna watch a Netflix show from 2019, I would say this is the one actually. Uh, Kakaguri XX was was okay. I think Ultraman nailed what it what it was meant to be uh, better. So, now imagine if it was made by Gonzo. Uh, I would rather not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So we're going to wrap this uh, spring season up with Attack on Titan Season 3, Part 2. Now, a lot of people, uh, Yata including, uh, didn't come back to Attack on Titan after its four, was it, four-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Season 2 was kind of disappointing for a lot of people uh, with what it was doing. And then Season 3, Part 1 uh, brought in a lot of... Uh, fans back because of its uh what it was doing and the story being told and then season two season three part two here was wrapping that up uh with the beast titan and you find out what's in the fucking basement finally heavy journey yeah. sure is uh i mean it's it's one of those things was like i don't know a lot of people were disappointed uh although i i I, I do kind of question why, because, like, oh, really? It's like the basement was just a MacGuffin this entire time? Y- y- yes. I'm, I'm sorry? Wasn't that clear all the entire time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it pretty much was. <laughs> they fucking established that shit real quick and they forget about it. <laughs> you know, it's like the ultimate goal that they for some reason never go for until they finally decide to do. Uh, and then it's like, ah, well, we found int- uh, some information here. There's uh, civilization outside the walls. That's it. Cool. cool. Well, I thought to myself until I saw the the fucking air balloon, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> if that's where we're gonna go." But I, th- uh, I think the biggest disappointment I had with like this whole reveal, uh, all the reveals, in fact, wasn't executed very well. Um, I didn't mind the whole MacGuffin deal. But I was, I was more curious about like how the Titans were made, maybe the science behind it, uh, the reason behind it, and I just didn't like those reasons. I was not a fan. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm especially not a fan of is now this whole special Titans that there are, and or like the reason of their existence, mm-hmm. and the uh, the seemingly cult, religious cult that this is or the um what do you call them the descendants of the of the cultists or whatever you want to call them uh i don't like any of that and it's become very like it was kind of emo to begin with at least with Aaron, but now it seems like everyone's becoming emo <laughs> i don't know man i love that saying at the fucking <sighs> sea where it's just like I hated it. See, it's finally the sea. And we find. I told you at the end there was a sea, and it's just like they're like, yeah, it's everything like I thought it would be. And at the other side of this this sea, there are a bunch of enemies. When we kill all the enemies, will we finally be free? It's fucking like, stupid. <laughs> that's it. My God, fuck it, Aaron. You, your midlife crisis came early. <laughs> it's. I don't. I don't like it. I really don't. It's. It's really kind of thrown me away. To, I think it took a. I think it took away everything that made Attack on Titan feel special at the beginning. And what brought us brought me back into it because season season two really kind of threw me threw me for a loop. It, it was taking me out of the show, and then the first half I was like, "Cool, now we're getting somewhere." I like all the action scenes; it stepped up a notch. Seemed like we we're getting some character development, and then it kind of shot itself in the foot with now everyone's just sad all the time. 
Like, yeah, like, kind of. I the thing for me is like I understand the author because I think like I I understand where it goes because eventually you know where we're talking about you know people who have been locked away forever. It's like we have been obviously led to believe that they they are the remain uh, remnants of Earth and uh, everybody else is dead. Uh, obviously, that should be questioned, and I kind of like the idea that he decided to expand on that. That they're actually it's been a lie. They're not the only ones. What I don't like is, you know, while I do understand that, you know, civilization isn't equal across every everywhere, I don't like sure. how far advanced the other side is. I didn't like that either. In comparison, either. yeah, that, that kind of feels a little bit dumb, especially because of the fact that they literally have fucking, fucking air balloons and shit like that. I'm surprised you haven't seen any, but I guess they just don't want to get anywhere close, but whatever. Uh, they, they do what they... They did what they did, but... I don't like this hive mind network that's now a thing. Yeah, me neither. But obviously, I'm I am kind of glad that he did decide to expand it because the other option is to keep the status quo. And in my opinion, the status quo has been already been used up. If this was still just about them maintaining the fucking wall, staying outside, making sure that the Titans didn't come in, and trying to stay safe, it wouldn't like that's already been done. That's not interesting no yeah you, get, you definitely have to expand the story uh, yeah what that story is is we can't be the only ones thinking this way yeah yeah no that but i i don't I, like i still obviously we're gonna get like what is it season four the finale or whatever Ugh. fuck uh so I'm, I'm curious to see what that entails although i pretty much expect this to be like we're gonna go go we're gonna like fucking initiate a giant fight and then People are probably going to die, as they always do, and then, yeah. Yeah. The end. <laughs> yeah, you, we're not excited for the ending, and that's, I think, the main takeaway. Yeah, but also, I just I just kind of find that's, like, that's the thing with a lot of these stories. Like, the initial shock is cool, right? The giant titans, the scary things, the you're not even safe in your own fucking... Oh, but here's, you're not safe anywhere. But now thing. it's like they've taken away that, and they have to take away that because they can't keep that. No, I understand. But here's the thing: the execution in reveals has been disappointment after disappointment. No, it I agree. Na- it hasn't nailed any of it. I agree. That's why it's How a do you great not story. Do that? That, that that's <laughs> what creates a story and keeps you invested. And it's like, who's the who's the who's the beast titan? Who's this? Who's the uh, armored titan? What's society like on the outside? Fail, 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 fail. What's in the basement? And you just go, oh, okay, yeah. That's a thing. If, if I had fail to take again. a guess, if the I whole, had to take the, a guess, I would say that this is literally something like, I don't I don't think that this was ever, like, properly planned. I don't think this was intended no. from the very beginning. I think this is a case of just, uh, we're going to have to make more. Like, I, I, I just assumed it's like, he had a rough idea for, like, these people trapped inside the walls being attacked by Titan. And obviously, it keeps being popular, and it's like, it has to make more. And it's like, okay, how do we expand on this story? Okay, we do like this. Uh, we still keep this, like, tiny fucking MacGuffin in the back there that can be interesting. But we're obviously eventually going to have to get to it. Well, now that you've built this up for so long, what's it going to be? Uh, it needs to be big. Well, what's big? Uh, society, outside. Uh, that, that's big. That's a big reveal, right? But it's like... Eh, it's... 
it becomes well, you just, just look like at it in paper and you just go yeah that's big okay now you got to built off the big thing yeah and then the no. big thing is just as disappointing yeah it's not ex- uh, it's it's uh, poor execution fucking... at its finest <laughs> it's so it's even undermined it's like WWE right after Raw. <laughs> it's undermined right after when it's like oh their memories are linked together and now fucking Aaron has his dad's memories so it's like Oh my literally, god! When that happened, never... I'm just like I'm just I, I literally went fuck you. I hate that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, because this has never been a part of the show ever. And now all of a sudden, Aaron has his dad's memories, and then we get to the flashback, and that other dude has Aaron's memories. And I'm like, for no reason. It's like you need to protect uh, Armin and Mikasa. Who? Well, yeah. I don't know. Who? Like, what, I said fuck you me- to that too. <laughs> whose memories are these? Oh fuck off. Yanta, you did it you did a good job not coming back to the show. <laughs> I saw the future. Uh, that's a, that's, oh, a, that's a good on you. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's not the worst. I still enjoy Attack on Titan to an extent, but it's not like I think I gave the first season a nine and uh yeah, it's it, it's yeah. dropped significantly since then. It's I think I went like nine, six, seven. And then I'm I. What did I give it a five? I think I gave it a five this time. I, I think I gave this one a seven as well. But yeah, uh, basically the same for me. Season three part. Two. Season two I yeah. gave. Yep. What did I give it? Yes, uh, six. No, seven. I gave it a seven. Ooh. Ooh, that's higher than I thought. Mm. <laughs> and then didn't try. Don't care. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Again, Attack of oh, Titan. This was it's one of those things. Was like okay. the way I would what I would say about Attack of Titan. Like, if you kept up with it, cool. If you didn't, there's no point. <laughs> there we go. Okay, yeah, I did give it a five. I went nine seven seven five. How dare you? Ugh. Are you not even a fanboy? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Season three, uh, part two has an aggregate score of nine point seven. Ugh. Hickey. I, yes. I just saw that, and I hate you. I, ju- I just want you to know. I'm not, I'm not going to comment on it any further than that. I just want you to know that I hate you. Oh, oh, I know you hate me. I also hate you. I, that was pre-established. <laughs> you don't need to remind me. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our uh, large list of seasons, uh, season, uh, spring season 2019 reviews. Uh, a very... Normal, average season to disappointing, I would say. What an amazing season. I mean, you can't be disappointed with painfully normal. You can be just like, blah. That was it, right? Yeah. I'm still... I'm not di- disappointed. Like, there's nothing to be disappointed at. I'm still <laughs> glad that I called it. You. I called Fairy Gone was going to be terrible. And I'm <laughs> glad. Yeah, you can kind of tell, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so it seems Dororo and Isekai Quartet, Shield Hero for some of us, and Ultraman were the takeaways. Yeah, no one sees it's bad when a parody of a fucking Fuck. overused subgenre is one of the best things to come out. <laughs> Summer save us all. <laughs> well, eh. Okay. <laughs> well, with that, uh, make my little note here. And I'll play a drop, and we can move on to our review. Hooray! Hooray! 
Hey dude, you into anime, manga, and all that radical stuff? Then you should totally check out the Anime Radicals Network at www.animeradicals.com. If you want discussions, debates, reviews, and all in between, we also got timely reviews, revolutions, mecha, and much more. Find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all podcast catchers. The Anime Radicals Network. The revolution will be simulcast. Alrighty, Yata, since this is uh, your brainchild, why don't you take this away? Okay, so lead this? Uh, Night in the Galactic Railroad, it's a movie from 1985, and it was from st- Studio Group Tech. It is an adaptation of the novel or novella of the same name, Night of the Galactic Railroad, by Kenji mm-hmm. Misahara. And the reason I discovered this movie actually was through Mawaru Penguin Drum. The 2011 oh, yeah. anime from Kumi, Kumihiko Ikuhara. We were, what was that? We, we reviewed Penguin Drum on the show previously, and we were doing Sarah Zen my last season. So there was a lot of diving into the work of Ikuhara. And if you watch Penguin Drum and you've seen Night in the Galactic Railroads, the parallels are pretty stark. Like it's very, very apparent that a lot of um, Penguin Drum cribs a lot from. Night in the Galactic Railroad. So having never seen the movie myself, and having read so much about Penguin Drum and how much it was influenced by Night in the Galactic Railroad, I went back and checked it out. I thought it was very, very interesting, considering it was a G movie. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um, it didn't feel like <laughs> a G movie, honestly. Um, the pacing was incredibly slow. I can't imagine any child for the first 35 minutes just sitting there casually and calmly just watching what was going on. Uh, and if they, so, yeah. if they stuck around for 35 minutes I can't imagine they stuck around till the end honestly um, you know but that kind of just that kind of you just kind of summed up me as a uh, uh, can you miss I was uh, career as an author <laughs> he makes children's novels and poems uh, he was incredibly not popular with children <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was my ADHD rattled brain or whatever, but I was having a hard time the first time through the first uh, the first thirty five minutes. Um, I after about twelve minutes, I kind of acknowledged myself that this is a movie you would only watch once. It's not a rewatchable movie at all. Um, I do rate it though. I think there's some really beautiful scenes in it, and I like the um, the atmosphere of the movie. And um, it weirdly reminded me of Hibane Renme. Actually, I kept on waiting for shit to happen. It was like weirdly ominous. <laughs> You know, Yo, oh, yeah. oh, 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 that is that is interesting. Yeah, now that you said that, especially the I really wanted some shit to happen. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. Uh, it was also, but the, because the pacing was so slow, my mind was going a million miles an hour. Everything that happened, and there was some random, random shit that was coming up. I was trying to read into everything. I was like, oh, does this represent this? Maybe this represents that. What's the meaning of this? And every like the dialogue was quite sparse as well. Especially out of the um, the Red Cat um, Campionella, he was speaking in such uh-huh. weird kind of like vagaries that I was speaking in riddles. Yes, and yep, you know, like having obviously seen Penguin Drum before, I knew how the story ends. Um, so it it kind of cleared up a lot of his kind of weird speak, but a lot of a lot, a lot of for me, a lot of the movie was just like an Ikuhara piece. It was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. And how, like, what they were, mm-hmm. were talking about. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. I got to say, like, in, uh, snail's pace aside, I thought the soundtrack was really interesting. I liked that ominous feel. And I liked how abstract it felt. I just, it just baffles me that how this is supposed to be a kid's movie. 
like like legitimately yeah. that is like a that is like yeah. a philosophical Neuro- riddle right there like, uh, i'd love i would love to meet the fucking i would love like, to meet the 10 year old who who sat down and just thought that was a shit right i would love to meet that child dude like i <laughs> i mean one i didn't have any problem with the pacing actually uh, i thought it was fine the third the third minutes the first 30 minutes passed by i, I didn't even notice that uh, but like it had one of the most nihilistic endings yes. of some of something. I was like, "How is this a kids' movie? Like that that <laughs> thing was like you're gonna die. You're gonna end up in a fucking coal sack. You're not going to heaven." I was like, "Holy shit!" Well, they're all Why cats, so they're probably to... gonna just end up in the side dumpster. <laughs> they're gonna end up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this this is the true heaven. A coal sack. Holy shit! That is nihilistic as fuck. How? Yeah. How? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want my child to, <laughs> to be viewing that. I would end up after the Southern Cross, like, hey, everyone went to to heaven. That's great. yeah, Christian, ha- Christian yeah. heaven. I'll get off right here. All you Buddhists can keep going into that black hole of nothingness, but I'm gonna stop right here in Christian heaven and sing some songs. Yeah, but see- dude, Hallelujah, singing in the background. <laughs> great uh, the best ending like it, it was so nihilistic yep so I, so nihilistic i think it's kind of interesting that you said that you thought the pacing was fine because one of the things with night of the galactic railroad and this is kind of one of this was one of me as i was kind of regrets is he actually never finished night on the galactic railroad he wrote a beginning and he wrote an end but it technically has no middle part he, according to himself he could never think of the middle part of the story. He didn't know how to how to connect the story. He had a beginning and an end. And nothing else. It has been rewritten since. But it's still technically not complete. Mm. So it is technically an unfinished story. Very Kafka. Which I think it's very interesting. As well as just generally. Like Night of the Galactic Railroad literally happened. Because Miyazawa took a, uh, decided to escape. He wanted to get away from everything. Because he had just lost his... His sisters just uh, had a... Uh, just died and he, he and his sister was very close uh, he wasn't very close with his family but his sister and i men were very close and she had uh she'd grown, grown sick and weaker over time and she had eventually died which uh he um so have we he gone decided over the to take summary of the show or the, the the movie we have not i don't think we have <laughs> okay. like, we can we can do that first i can get back to this later all right, let me uh, let me just go over it. So I have the summary from Anime Planet, and then a uh, a summary I wrote, which is a little bit more, uh, I think, um, more to it to get you a better idea. So Giovanni is a young cat with a troubled childhood. He's bullied in school, waits patiently day after day for his father to return from his journey. It sounds so seventies when you festive, say like that. Yeah. Sorry, he's a young cat. He's a young. <laughs> he's, he's like a young cat. Gonna stress that he's, li- he's literally a cat. He's literally a cat. He's not just a cool cat. Yeah. He's a cat. Which is a weird choice as well. Giovanni and his friend Campanella find themselves aboard a great train which takes them to the edge of the universe and back. However, in the midst of the sights and wonders, Giovanni soon begins to discover the train's purpose might be much different than it appears. Then what I read, what I wrote was, During the night in town, there's a star fest- there is a star festival called the Centaurus Festival. However, due to, a, due to our poor stricken main character Giovanni, must work and care for his family instead. He goes to get some milk at a dairy farm and falls asleep. A train appears, and somehow he ends up boarding it. He is joined shortly thereafter by his only friend, Campanella, who is wet for some reason. You, you, uh, you begin to discover why. 
There, they both start a journey through the galaxy over the course of a single night, meeting strange beings, cats and humans alike, uh, all of whom uh, are there for interesting circumstances, why and how they came to be on the train. There you go. Mm. And there's always meanings to why uh, that's where Yata went into. There's always uh, symbolism. There's underlying themes to it. Uh, I thought some were more obvious than others, which made it, to me, more interesting, because then you're it feels like you're putting the pieces together yourself. Um, one of the major themes uh, in particular is uh, what is true happiness, I feel, is the focal point. Did uh-huh. any of you uh, feel that way? Yes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. so, some other ones uh, I wrote down was uh, focus on you know your self-worth, uh, the life you live. Is it kind of self-fulfilling in that way? And then friendship. Yeah. Uh, it, it has a lot of good themes there, but yeah, like that's just said, I don't know what what child would go into this being like, yes, I am ten. What is true happiness? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that bit at the, no, was uh, that bit at the end when um, Giovanni resolves to be like the scorpion in the pit? So that's uh, <laughs> um, the author uh, Kenji Miyazawa. He has this like personal philosophy about um, life sacrificing itself to to help other life continue on, and they frame this whole thing through this parable of this scorpion who falls in a pit escaping from a weasel and then has this existential moment where they realize they never contributed to life. They only took it away and they were somehow like lacking. And at the end of the novel, at the end of the movie, Giovanni's like, I'm going to be the scorpion. I'm going to sacrifice my life to, so other life can continue on. And it was such a weird message for like a child. Um, the way they framed it, <laughs> well, like it was like I think there's like yeah. there's a lot of poetry there to it, but again, I'm just I'm thinking of that five year old or that ten year old watching this movie. <laughs> yes, I will be the scorpion. I won't I won't but, run away but, from the weasel. You God, you <laughs> killed my friend. But it ma- again, it makes perfect <laughs> oh, sense shit. because like again, Kenji Miyazawa, he uh he was from a rich family, uh, but he left it all behind to help out the poor farmers, and uh, that is how he eventually died uh, alone. On the farm, with did he no fall? One. As- did he fall asleep in a in the middle of a field looking for dairy? <laughs> uh, you know, probably not. <laughs> but he did work himself to death, essentially. So oh, yeah, well, uh, he. I've milked too many cows this morning. He's kind of like, oh no, he, he, he did way he did way more so hard work many. than that. <laughs> like, that that's the story of so many Japanese writers. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. It's basically the same story as half of the cast of Bungo Stray Dogs. Yep. I Bungo Stray Dogs. Kenji Miyasawa is in Bungo Stray Dogs. He is the <laughs> little farmer boy. Uh, yeah. he's, a, he's an eccentric character, and I like that. because. But uh, what I was going to say, what I or what I started saying before we got into the uh, uh, synopsis, was the, uh, like I said, one of the things that sparked the story was uh, Miyasawa's uh, sister Toshi, who died back in 1922. Uh Miyasawa, he uh, obviously took this very hard, so he took a trip, a railroad trip, to Sakhalin, uh, which was the basis on the on the whole story, which is why, you know, not a galactic railroad, because he took a, <laughs> took a train trip, and he had a fucking moment of existential dread, apparently, on he, this train. <laughs> he, he, he had a trip on, on a train trip, that's basically the story. Yeah. Yep, uh, essentially. But one thing especially that I, I like, because before, obviously before watching this, I watched another movie called Ihato of Genso, uh, Kenji no Haru, which is a uh, kind of, 
biographical movie on Kenji Miyazawa's life, which is based on his works and poems, including Night on the Galactic Railroad. It, so it kind of takes a similar approach to that. Every character's a cat. Uh, kind of goes through a little bit of the uh, stories that he did. especially, And it is also set in the world in which his stories are usually set in, uh, Ihatov, and uh, kind of tells the story of Kenji Miyazawa, which uh, I thought was really interesting, especially comparing that with this with this movie, seeing kind of the similarities, like the parallels between Miyazawa's own life and Night on the Galactic Railroad. So, if you watch this, I would also highly recommend watching Ihatov Genso. It is an interesting movie. What I took away from this was uh, words I would use to describe this anime is methodical, abstract, and atmospheric. Uh, we've mentioned this before, but the first 30 minutes are abysm- abysmally slow. Like, I was falling asleep in it. And this is my second time through the movie, so you can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> um, the movie's only 105 minutes, so it's a good chunk. Uh, but once you get on the train... Uh, that's when things get very, very interesting. And if you're into kind of more philosophical thinking um, and asking yourselves these questions, trying to pick out, you know, like an Ikahara TV show, pick out the, the underlying themes and, and messages, then that's and enjoying the sights, more or less. I felt like this was a reverse Galaxy Express 3.9. Oh. You know, that's how that's how I took it. Uh, it's less about the characters and more about the presentation. Um of what's happening and the visuals presented. Uh, that's yeah. what I took away from, from this uh, this movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it comes as no surprise that Galaxy Express 39 was also inspired by this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the book, <laughs> the novel. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, uh, Yata? Yeah, like, I, I was kind of dumping on the fact that I thought it was inappropriate for kids, but for me, I actually legitimately enjoyed it. As I said, like, the the weirdly ominous feel the music was excellent i thought the acting was quite well was quite do, was quite well done as well um there was a couple of moments with the with i don't know if it was if you could even call it cg but the um the opening shot was horrendous like the yeah, the school yeah, shot with the, when, with the few, oh, i remember awful. the first time around i was like <laughs> oh god what have i got myself in for Look. and then the cornfields later on or the corn Whatever the fuck that was, that was pretty. Yeah, the cornfields looked awful. Uh, like, oh, but like, mm. you know, like welcome to the eighties. It looked like a, a... So it had those like minor <laughs> nitpicks, but I, overall, I enjoyed. It. I liked the fact that it was saying stuff. Um, it felt like there was a lot of care put to, put into it, or at least you know, like what the the materials that they were working out are quite interesting, you know. And again, it it did help to clear up a lot of like WTF moments from more Penguin Drum. So at least it has that. Because I, I did really enjoy more of Penguin Drum. And um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of Ikuhara in general. Uh, th- I think overall it was a very positive experience. I just my There's a few issues with it would have been just the, um, the the lack of rewatchability. Like, I honestly don't know how you watch it twice, JD. It feels like such a one-shot it was, uh, movie. It was quite difficult. I did fall asleep once, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Am I am I the only one who didn't have problems with the first well, thirty I think, minutes? No, sure, you're I, not. I, I, I didn't. I, I, I was thinking. Was of, I was thinking fine, of it. Honestly, uh, yeah. I thought it was really fine, and I was and I was like laying on my bed and I didn't sleep. So I, like, I felt like every scene was about three seconds <laughs> no, too long. I think that's what how it came across to me. <laughs> so I remember in when he went into work at one point, he's starting to gather these pieces to complete some task to like set a typeface. 
And I'm watching him just put like one in, two in, three in. Okay, we get it. We can move on now. No, he has four, <laughs> five, six, seven. Just every there was always these moments where I felt like it just went on a couple of seconds too long, and it just slowed the whole thing down to a snail's pace for the first thirty-five minutes until the train arrives. And I think that's and there was a lot of like him just breathing and kind of reacting to things very, very slowly, sort of staring at things and coming back, and then it just it felt unnaturally yeah, and because slow. they're cats. Yeah. They don't have expressions at all. They don't make them. So everything's kind of deadpan in those moments as well. Like I didn't <laughs> I think that's kind yeah. of the point I have, though. I have a I think it's I the point on the train, well. but before that no, you're but supposed to even be getting sti- more than that. Even still, remember uh, you have the teacher's explanation of the universe, the fucking universe is a pawn of milk. The fucking dumbest thing I've ever <laughs> heard. But it makes sense. I, I, the, yeah. Right? But even even fucking uh even Giovanni is kind of just at the moment like we all we all know that these are stars, and I kind of again it's kind of uh, this type of kind of weird writing in my opinion. Like, and it shows that that part of why I said like this isn't really why I don't think this is suitable for kids, uh, which is shown in uh, which again is shown in uh, Ihatov, because Kenji in Ihatov kind of tries to talk to these children that he's teaching. Uh, he wants them to read one of his books, and the constant complaint he always gets is. His words doesn't make sense. They don't understand what he's even trying to say. To which he's obviously going to be like, "Oh, well, let me tell, let me tell you." You um, get it. You're a kid. That's kind. That. Oh wait, no, no it's no, for you. It's, not, it's like that, that's kind of the point. That's what I want you to. That's what I want you because I I can't explain this to you because these are concepts that I don't even understand. No one understands. That's the point. You're not supposed to understand. What? <laughs> and they're all just like, that's lame. If, if you read my books, I know you're fine. <laughs> but if you read my books and you understand, the work of Jean-Paul Sartre will make a lot of sense for you. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. You get the inner cool. workings of Jean-Jacques Rousseau. No problem, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, nah, but I, I I do think he is, has a bit of a case of that. Like he wants to explore something so much greater than him that he doesn't even understand how to go about it, and that's what he writes stories about. Let me if write a story I, about me not so understanding. Compli- if I make it so complicated and I don't understand, then the then the wide audience will then uh, not understand. <laughs> will then not understand. <laughs> not understand. Be amazed on not understanding. But someone in, someone in the the audience might understand it. <laughs> And explain it to him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, you know what? That wouldn't even surprise me. If he's just like, please, someone explain this to me. That's probably that's probably why Yukuhara like him that much. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like a lot of people like yeah. him. I, again, he's one. Kenji Misawa is one of those uh, authors who uh, was unfortunate enough to uh, be uh, very unpopular up until after his death. Around the 90s was when he kind of got popular as an author, and now he has a museum dedicated to him. But, you know, so, so it's always nice. So, in that regard, his dad was actually correct because his dad said he would never be able to become, a, become an author and live off of it. And uh, he was right. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to your father. Uh, now, like, I, I have a, a few problems with the production. But I guess that was about it when I was watching. I think I even pointed that out mm. in our group. There's For the time it was made, there's a lot of cell problems and imperfections. Uh, it's not it's not uncommon to see like dust and a few scraps and sometimes even hair between the cells. But this one is 
constant and they're big like they're big imperfections also whoever did uh, the key animation didn't have a lot of spatial awareness so that causes that effect of characters looking at nothing that's it's not that they're not looking at anything it's just that how the camera is set and how the <laughs> the character is drawn it looks like they are looking at a different direction yeah and you um, can't really reference like what they're looking at yes that's because whoever make the made the, yeah. the cells they didn't have a lot of spatial awareness in a 2d environment uh but that it's fine it, it the problem is <laughs> I, I think it was the director probably because it it goes through every single key animation uh key frame in the in the movie but i guess that it's about it uh i know there's a, a lot of people with ocd that doesn't watch old anime because of the the sales imperfections mm. this one has a lot so uh, if you are one of those people just stay away just read might the be, novel like might might be in, in my opinion it is worth to to see it uh, through it even with those imperfections Especially because, like we said, you won't watch it again. So, it's definitely worth it. Uh, there is a lot of pe- people, uh, or this part of the staff, that um, went on to promising careers in the anime industry. I wrote I wrote um, one of them down in particular, Koichi Mashimo. He founded Studio B-Train. Uh, the dot hack sign uh, studio, for reference. He wasn't the only one. There was, there was about, like, seven others that went on to be directors or even studio founders. He, Mashima wasn't the only one. Uh, so the, there was a large, successful staff behind this anime, which begs the question, what happened in a lot of areas? Or was there, like, first experiences? I didn't go that, that far deep into exploration, but uh, I did find that interesting. Well, so it's probably a bit of a mix of things but yeah nah it's you find stuff like that though like going back i do think Mm -hmm. this was a lot of a catalyst for a lot of people right it was like okay we're doing this uh (laughs) we're adapting uh night in the galactic railroad don't fuck this up (laughs) (laughs) sure (laughs) and then they got it back and like what the fuck is this (laughs) ah i bet that's what studio gonzo asked themselves (laughs) with seven seeds uh what the fuck is this? How what are we going to air 200 it? chapters? Yeah. All right, how can we do half in in 12 episodes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, people, we're doing a, a kid's movie. Oh, that should be fine. That should be easy. <laughs> what the fuck? It's Night on the Who's, Galactic Railroad. What is this guy uh, trying to talk? <laughs> oh, I, I really need you all to read the fucking novel. Now that you said he only wrote the beginning and the ending, <laughs> I, mean, I want to see how it looks like in in written form. The no, the novel you would get a hold of is not his. Uh, there are four novels made titled "Not in the Galactic Railroad." Uh, huh. They're all remade. The original novel, as far as I know, is lost. Lost. Yeah. Oh, that's Ooh. so sad. That's so sad. All right. Yata, any uh, any final scots, um, thoughts you want to get out? And then I think we should all give scores. Yeah, that's actually, I was just thinking about the score, scoring this. And I think that's really, I think when you do give it a scoring, you kind of have to score it in two ways. you got to score it as a piece in itself and score it in the context that it's a kid's movie. Because I think as a kid's movie, it's a complete failure. But Well, shit, two yeah, out of ten. Honestly, <laughs> it's, like a, 
that was a horrible yeah. kids I got movie. As a kids movie, it's a failure <laughs> like, completely. I... There's 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 cats and then there's people that died in the fucking the fucking Titanic. What the fuck? It was a, one of the worst kids anime yeah. I've ever watched. Hey, one of my favorite movies as a kid was Land Before Time. The mother dies in the first like four minutes. <laughs> well, that's classic. That's a classic yeah. old school. Right there, you got Bam- Bambi's mom getting off. Got eaten oh, by a T Rex. Yeah, got... That's fine. <laughs> it happens. Didn't I that happen to your parents? Um, but uh, when I was a kid, I really liked Titanic, so I guess I'll, I'll give it a four. <laughs> I raised you because of Titanic. That's about uh, it. But in saying that, if you take like so, as a kids' movie, it's a complete failure. But as a work in itself, I thought it was pretty solid. I would say like a strong seven is where I would probably fall on it. There was some scenes that I really, really enjoyed, and overall, the experience was a pleasant one. Um, pacing issues aside, I actually the um, the entrance scene for the the Titanic people. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. I liked the Scorpion Parable. Um, mm-hmm. The CG was, oh, it was rough, but you know, you're kind of, you're, it's like 1985, right? Like, what are you expecting? You can, it, nothing better than this, really. Um, the animation issues were there, but the whole, like the experience was, was definitely more pleasant than unpleasant. And like, I can see the quality of the writing there and the source material, even the you know, missing third aside, uh, I would. Re- I feel comfortable recommending this to other people, and people who are interested in just not, just kids. not kids. No, <laughs> actually, yeah, like, anyone who's probably like you know under twenty five. I think it, it might be too much for them, really, because fuck, it's like it's sobering and it's depressing, and it is quite nihilistic at the end. There. Wow. Um, I guess that if, not recommended if, to if me. If you're huh? under twenty five and you you already have nihilistic. I kind of I kind of wonder if uh, <laughs> they chose cats just for the nine lives thing, where it's like, okay, it's really bleak ending, but don't worry, he's got eight more. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Campionella is still alive. Whoa. Whoa. What about what about the real people that died in a fucking? Oh, well, they're they're all they're they're yeah, all singing fine. "Nearer My God to Be" in Christian heaven. They're totally fine. It's all the heathens <laughs> that's the problem, right? I get. You know what? That is true. They're you all marching towards the cross. I'll give you that. Good times if you're a Christian. Like that. Like that part was so. Like when they entered, because I don't know they the character design is a little bit off as well. I was like, why there are people in the train? What the fuck is going on? I started panicking. I'm going to lie. It's like, uh, what? What is Actually, that was the, there was a great yeah. moment when they first got on the train. It was a real um, neon genesis moment in the elevator when nothing happens. Uh, Giovanni looks at Campionella, and then he holds the gaze for about 12 to 15 seconds, looks at the girl for about 15 seconds, looks back at Campionella, who's looking at the girl. And then it cuts back to the girl again. And it was like about a minute. It's like, that's the pacing, is- pacing issues there in one minute. <laughs> Holy fuck. They're just Jesus looking at each other. Campionella kind of got creepy at certain points. Uh, I was kind of waiting for him to do something destructive. Because uh, he just had that kind of vibe to him. You know, I was... Honestly, like, before scoring, I, I was actually expecting to see the father in... Holy in the train, you, right? Could you... Because, like, they're like, imagine? oh, he, he's not, you know, giving any news about what he's doing he should be back he isn't i was like oh since we're going to heaven and you know there's a reason why there, there must be a reason why giovanni is in the train it's not only campanella it's not only because of campanella probably because they say oh you got a, a third dimension ticket and that's really rare my like oh, his father died <laughs> and he's gonna yeah. just find his dad in the train or at the true heaven yeah, you could right yeah you I'll could rewrite the it, it, you could rewrite the ending it. i guess when campionella's father uh, father is talking to giovanni and he's like 
oh, your dad sent me a letter a few days ago, but he's not here yet. And he kind of turns to him slowly and says, maybe his train is delayed. And kind of just looks at him knowingly. <laughs> it just kind of ends. <laughs> you couldn't do I know. that, though. I like, I like that the, the Campanella's father's like, oh, my father Yeah, it's like, it's 45 dead. minutes. It's 45 minutes, uh, give up. Please. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. Thanks he's for like, coming out. <laughs> bring your friends to my house tomorrow, all right? Thank you. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> That's some strong man. <laughs> strong side right there. Or cat, I guess, in this case. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't do that, though, because it's too t- closely tied to his own to his own life. And his father, own father was alive. He just doesn't have contact with him, which is why he's never there. It's the same thing, right? They talk about his, they talk about Giovanni's sister, who you and never see. And the mother, see, same. Because she's dead. Yeah, because she's dead. <laughs> she's not there. She's dead. Who, who made the soup? The That's a good question. That is a very good question. But that is <laughs> remember, like it is the thing is, it is too closely tied. They're not these aren't they're not explained. It's not like you know it, but it is because it is it is still tied to his own life in a way. Uh but yeah. I, yeah, so like instead it, of killing Giovanni's sister, he killed his best friend. Yeah. So you know we have all oh, right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, the, I don't know. It's there are p- definitely parts of me that do feel that like it is lacking a little bit of explanation, like a little bit that, like it said, the middle part that doesn't really. Ex- I do feel like there are things there that could have been not not necessarily established better because I do like the mystery of it all. But kind of, I do feel like there are things that you kind of look at in this and you kind of see, like if you braid up on Kenji Miyazawa's life and you. Start to learn a little bit about him. You see, oh, okay, so that's why he did that. That makes sense. That's a parallel to his own life. And then, <laughs> that, but then, you know, if you don't do that, you're kind of sitting there and you go like, what's that? Who? Why? <laughs> <laughs> why are you, why, why Why is he getting bullied? Why Why does nobody like, why is he, why does everybody get on his back about this goddamn otter skin? Does it really matter that much? <laughs> yes, he's from a rich family. Why, uh, you just don't know is, that. Why is the teacher suddenly an archaeologist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. I, thankfully, I'm not a kid. Therefore, I don't have to take kids into consideration. I like this movie. <laughs> and uh, I give it a seven. Hickey, what score did you give it? I think I think I'll go with the guys. I think I'll give it a seven as well. Oh no! <laughs> JD two oh, hated JD, it. JD has a fucking ten again. No, we're all we all, all right, gave I'll... it a seven. All four of okay. us. Okay, oh. all right. I mean, we all have the. the we I need, think we, we all have the in... exact same similar thoughts. God damn it! We need to take in consideration. Also, why why Giovanni was in a in the fucking cabin in the cornfield? I don't understand that. <laughs> Look, he's like, oh. I know that guy. Like, oh, it's you. Yeah, it's, it's you in a cornfield <laughs> looking at you in a train. Like, anyway, like you need to take in consideration the cell problems. A few of uh, moments where the characters just stare and nothing by seconds and seconds. Re-watch, uh, it's not re-watchable, uh, but it's still very, very interesting. Very, very good. Unfortunately, the, also one thing that I, I think it's, it's a bad for this is that the the original novel does not exist anymore? Uh, everything is a remake, but still, you can you can go and and read the novels just like uh, Anne of Green Gables, mm. and yeah, it's very very interesting. Not 
interesting enough or not well made enough uh, to go past a seven, especially because it was a kid's movie and <laughs> failed horrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, really like the, the nihilistic uh, take at the end with the true having being just a cold set. <laughs> yeah. Because when we die, there's nothing after that. Just, just the, the, dark void sp- and the dark sphincter your body of the becomes void. Just organic masses that yeah that will become one day coal and then you can always ponder by the way how would this be have been different if it had been finished by the way have you ever uh, googled an otter skin jacket i just can't well, i, I am cannot now. imagine giovanni strutting around in one of those it's very lavish otter God damn it. jacket okay it looks like a, a pink Whoa. jacket <laughs> yeah well i'm looking at the uh Men's natural otter fur jacket for $800 used. <laughs> nice. It um looks pretty awesome, actually. I just can't imagine Giovanni strutting around like that. It's like bitch slapping everyone and with his sunglasses. <laughs> That's why everyone is bullying Giovanni. Appraised <laughs> value for a standard otter, otter fur jacket is $4,200. <laughs> Oh, his dad is definitely his dad is definitely a, a criminal. I found an otter in a I found an otter in a rain jacket. That's all I need. Hot <laughs> damn! Now I gotta find that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Wow. Otter fur jackets are expensive, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shocking. Shocking. Okay, so we all gave it a seven. Not really a rewatchable anime. Interesting themes. Uh, very slow pacing at the start that at least half of us <laughs> feel is abysmal. Recognized by Japan's Board of Education. Right? The, it's the first one to have, like, recognized, recognized by the Japanese Ministry of <laughs> Education. It's like, whoa, wow. There you go. <laughs> that is something. All right. Well, this was episode 53. Yata, do your uh, do your last plugs here. And we'll, uh, we'll Reanimator Pod, R-E-Anime, T-O-R-P-O-D.com. Check out the podcast if you're so inclined. If not, you can subscribe on YouTube and give me one more subscriber, please. It was a pleasure being on here, guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much for the invitation. No problem. Happy to have you. Uh, I believe you were the last person from the Anime Radicals to join us as a guest I'm on this podcast. i say you saved the best for last. There you go. Obviously, <laughs> the most international of them yeah. all. <laughs> all right, this was Redley Frederick Cast. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Peace. Goodbye.